Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Uh, this is episode 84. I had to remind myself two seconds before we went on because... I knew it was 80-something. That's all I got. I always just have to log into Apple Podcasts and see what the last one was. I don't have the ability to remember last week. You know what's awesome, though? Robert's here this week. Yes, and I don't have to worry about Facebook because, dear God, I do not do well with that. I don't know why it's so complicated for I'm me. I'm hearing body. I don't know how much I'm hearing mine. <laughs> It was like you're hearing body. What is what? You're hearing body. I thought something was wrong with my microphone. I, I the body's hit the floor. I worked 14, 16 hours every day for the last three weeks, um, except for Saturday was only about twelve hours, and Sunday was only about five hours. Because it was your wife's birthday. birthday. Yes, so I am exhausted. I imagine. And I have a show this weekend, and a show next weekend, and a show the weekend after. Ugh. So, I think the fair, by the way, is in two weeks. I, I, this has nothing to do with the topic. I just remembered it. Yeah. The weekend that they're in shirts, mm-hmm. there's a fair. Do you think that they will have a bucket of fries? I don't know. I know that there's is a lot of the kids at our school do. For, uh, yeah, it is that time of year. Yeah. It's huge. It's actually pretty nice. Our if old- it had been earlier, I would sign up and vend it with all of the, the signs, the wooden flags and signs and yeah. the whole boards and all that shit. Yeah, our uh, our old fair had a bucket of fries. It was my favorite thing to get. He and Joe would get one. Big old what? I mean, it's just fries. What's the difference? But it's in but a, it's a giant bucket of fries. I mean, I could do that for you. Yeah, but it, your bucket doesn't say bucket of fries. Sure, it could. <laughs> <laughs> I can put some vinyl on the outside of it. I have the technology. <laughs> that sounds like the perfect Christmas gift, Robert. Boom. You should get James but it's a not, bucket. It's not the same. That says bucket of fries. It's not the same as being on the on the midway at a <laughs> it's fair. Not. That's like a funnel cake. Oh, it's yeah. It's not as no, good. No one ever wants to eat a funnel right. cake outside of a Like, fair. there's a place by the shop I saw a new breach today. It's nothing but funnel cakes. Oh. They have like 50 different kinds of funnel cakes, but I'm like, sold. I'm like, eh. Eh, you know. Chicken eh. on a stick all day. Yeah. Chicken on a stick. You realize it's just a chicken tender with a stick show. No, fast. it's so much better than regular chicken. Something about fair. It's the fair. It's the grease. It's the grease that hasn't been cleaned in who knows how long. Right. And it has all the flavor. Yeah. You're like, am I eating a fish stick? <laughs> or chicken. Or this is some sort of meat on yeah. a stick. Because this has nothing to do with reptiles. Thank you, James, for this lovely. I have more meats in a cone. Me, me, I'll take meats in a cone. What is that from? <laughs> That's from uh, There's Something About Mary. That's right. More meats in a cone. There should be more meats in a cone. Yeah. Like you do it in a big waffle, like, uh, like a french fry cone, and then you can mm-hmm. eat the cone with the meat. You know a movie I was watching right before I came here that I haven't seen in years? No, I don't. Boiler Room. I've never seen it. It's a great movie. Never seen it. Anyway. Katie, you want to do our sponsors? You yes, my phone up. reminded. I do have it pulled up. Do you know why? Because my phone reminded me to open it <laughs> at <laughs> five minutes before we started. <laughs> then Holcomb said it's like New York uh, street hot dogs. They're in the same water all day. Yeah, yeah that's so that, really water, good mm, that water makes it taste good. All right. So if you're looking for a high quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available or you can pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, if you're in the southeast Alabama area or 
Southwest Georgia or North Florida. Either way, <clears throat> go visit our friends over at Wiregrass Exotics in Ozark, Alabama. You can go see the Ruas. Check out their awesome uh, reptile pet store and hots. They have venomous snakes there. Uh, so go go over there. Check out their stuff. Tell them we said hi because we haven't been able to make it over there yet. I feel bad. Yeah. School got in the way and now it's just school, school, school. That's, well, a, that's pretty much what I live for. This morning at 11 o'clock, our friends, our oh. sponsor opened. Our other sponsor. I, I haven't got to that one yet. Yeah. We have them. We're so, doing it now. So our other sponsor, Herp's Reptile Shows, which I should probably have those dates pulled up, but I know somebody's got them on their phone, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, so if you want, <laughs> if you need a high-quality animal, not just a rack, although you could get a racket there because Robert will be at all the shows, <clears throat> you go to the Herp's Reptile Shows. I know that our next one is this weekend in Beaumont. Correct. Texas. Well, you'll be able to order racks. They'll refer you to me, not necessarily ordering them from the store. But yeah. We'll get to the store in a second. The shows. We so got you Beaumont. have Beaumont. And then Temple, Texas, which is October 23rd and 24th. Mm-hmm. Amarillo is Halloween weekend. <laughs> I'm just, no, the show's okay. I'm the just show's trying to jam drive. For someone that's on that side of Texas, it's not bad. No. Right. We're on the opposite end of Texas. Right. 699 miles. It's a straight day's drive. It is. Mm-hmm. And you, you hit a point where there's just fucking nothing. Yeah. Like okay. if you don't get Windows. gas or food, you don't get gas or food, you're screwed. Well, it's in West Texas, right? Yeah, North, Northwest West Texas, almost the pain. We read a book in our class about West Texas and how a giant fell from the sky and squashed all the mountains, and that's why West Texas is flat. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Probably um, not correct. It's not. I don't think that's factual. Um, yeah. But well, he fact check that he stole someone's barbecue book because he wanted barbecue, and then the child of Ooh, that. You know what, James? I get to have the barbecue place that oh, we that have. barbecue place is they they got the barbecue book back. Anyways, and then we have Lafayette. <laughs> we have Lafayette, oh, which is like the best. What's the date? Some of the What's best. The food ever dates here folks november 6th and 7th 6th and 7th okay and then that's it in november and we have two in december we have two in december the first weekend of december is austin the second Ooh, that's it and that's at a new venue so if you've been to the austin show before and you've been to the old venue as nice as they were that venue was just too small for us it was inside of a, a, a roller, roller derby rink. rink um and it was a tight fit yes but now the new place is massive so oh no what just happened i don't know we froze Oh well, we'll come back on. I'm really gonna need our internet is fix. just the the recording will be fine. It's the people that are live that aren't seeing us. So we'll I had the back. internet put in the shop today. Cool, sweet. Well, hopefully it works better than ours. Don't forget about Slidell. Slidell's the last show in December, December 11th and 12th. December 11th and 12th. Got it. Yep. So I'm waiting for our internet to come back. I'm not. Con- <sighs> it says I'm connected to the internet. I was gonna say my phone tells me I am. Because I've got I'm technically hardwired up something went wrong. We go. It's fine. The great thing is we're recording to this awesome equipment that we got from our sponsors, the Ruas at uh, Wiregrass Exotics. So at least this is working. Talk so much yourselves as I join this. <laughs> There's. Hopefully our uh, guest is still there. Our guest is still there. We're back. There. Like I said, anybody watching live, uh, you missed our conversation, but you can listen to the podcast for the last three seconds or uh, three minutes as we talked about nothing. And I'm going to call AT&T and figure and out, figure out why we the internet get keeps messing up. Yeah, it's annoying. Pay too much for... We actually pay less here than we did in Louisiana, but we still, we pay money. It too should much. not mess up. Anyways, speaking of Herp's Reptile Shows, today was the opening day of Herp's Reptile Shop in Bryan, Texas. Yep. I'm excited. I went there this weekend for the first time. And so our, our buddy Sean Gray and Lori and James Bergoli, who's the manager of the place, have and Peyton. And Peyton. And the girls. And the girls. And 
any number of other people that have helped him. Yeah, tons place. of people. Uh, that is an amazing pet store. If you are anywhere near Bryan College Station in that area, you definitely need to go check it out. They open up today. The grand opening is November 13th. Mm-hmm. That sounds right, right? Yeah, sure, right? that's correct. November 13th. Uh, but if you can make it any time in between there, they have, they have one, they have thermostats, which you can't find anywhere. I was, yeah. I was not amazed. Their first sale today was thermostat and like a heat pad. Was it? Yeah. Not surprised because thermostats are hard to get and someone got there. But they also have, uh, the frozen feeders there. Tons of animals that, I mean, Sean's great. He's getting the animals from the Herp shows, from the vendors. So you're getting really high quality animals there. He's pick, hand picking them from the shows. Uh, there's these awesome, tortoise enclosures along the front window that somebody made and put in yeah, there. Yeah, there's nine of them in there. Yeah. With well, one uh, two of them had a blue tongue sneaks in them. One of them had bearded dragons. Bearded dragons. There were a little uh awesome little Asian box turtle in there. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Oh, that's cute. It was. But I got to go see it the other day for the first time. We went over there and took some stuff to them. And I'm telling you, it's it's one of the best pet stores or you know, I don't know it's just a reptile store, but pet stores I've been in. I'm excited to be able to go and check it out. I haven't been yet. It is great. Um so I'm excited. Everyone should go check it out. Good uh, look, everybody says when we froze up, we were gone, but our sponsors were still scrolling across the bottom. Oh, good. Were. See, their their money has spent well. All right. Uh, I think that is it. Oh, wait. Before we bring our guests, I do want to hit on, um, make sure you get over to the Facebook page. You've got ooh, two days, three days left to get in on our giveaway for this month. Again, which that is two days, Wednesday two days. and Thursday. Friday is October 1st. Yes, you're till Thursday. So that is our VivTech uh, light bulbs. VivTech LED UVB light bulbs that run about 80 bucks a piece because they run for almost four years uh, without having to change them out. So get over there. All you have to do is comment on the post that is pinned at the top of our Facebook page. Uh, I think it's the question is, what does keeping reptiles mean to you? Well, there's been some great answers. A lot of the answers have had to do with uh, um, mental health. A lot of people keeping reptiles for mental health. You've said that before. It does help. It definitely does help. I've used them in my classroom before for that reason. When I worked at a low-income, high-poverty school, yeah, um, my kids would be having a bad day. And instead of going to PE right off, they would hang out with me for like 10 minutes. And that's what they would do is I would be like, all right, pick one. And they, I had a bearded dragon, a leopard gecko. Yeah. We had isopods. We had a corn snake. And they would pick something and they would sit and handle it for five, ten minutes. And then it was like suddenly everything was right in their world and they their whole day turned around. We'll, we'll go through a couple of those next week when we announce the winner on the podcast. Um, but you've got until Thursday to go over there and comment. All you can do is comment. Tell us what rep- Key and Reptiles means to you. And you can win two VivTech light bulbs of your choice. I mean, I can't win the light bulbs, so somebody no. else can. Yeah, we can't win them. So <laughs> you can win them and enjoy them. And Sean had those in the store, too. He did. He had some VivTech light bulbs in the store. Mm-hmm. His so, Reptichip. The Reptichip is over there. Um, success and more dirt from the mm-hmm. Samsons. From our buddies, the Samsons are over there. I'm it's, actually working on a display for Reptichip. Yeah. Um, for shows, for vendors. Yeah. And for uh, stores. For the shop. Yeah. Shops. It's uh, going to that show is like a miniature Herp show. Like we went over there the other day. It was funny. We went the other day. It was me, you, and the Samsons who are three Herp vendors. And Brittany Patchett, but we were three three vendors who all lived within like a mile of each other. Yeah, and they we got there within a few minutes of each other, yeah. so they could have only hilarious. been. They could have only been. I mean, like right ahead right of us. I the wasn't whole way. there with you guys that day, but and, that's really. Brittany funny. Patchett was uh, getting spider set up. Although apparently, I missed the part where Sean had a spider come out and run across his hand and freak him out, and uh, he may have thrown it across the room. But uh, it's fine. <gasps> Everything is fine. <laughs> I'm gonna need. That Sean's story. like me. I'm like. 
Oh, he'll straight up tell you he yeah. loves them yes. inside of their cage. Yeah, yeah. No, he hit his hand and it was a completely different story. Yep. From what I am told. I'm going to need that story. <laughs> I'm going to need them to put some cameras up in there so that when stuff like that happens, it's recorded and we can all laugh at it later. Use that camera that Robert just got. There we go. That's what Those we things need. are 30 bucks a piece. <sighs> They're awesome. They're all amazing. All right. So let's go ahead and bring our guest in now that we've rambled enough about our sponsors. Uh, let me pull her up. There we go. It's Adeline Robinson of Adeline Robinson Art. Yay. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We, uh, I, I don't I assume the first time y'all met her was Conroe this year. Correct. Well, this last Conroe where I watched you in person do an amazing, uh, drawing that you ended up finishing. I think it's the one I posted on our, uh, on our little thing today that said mm-hmm. we we're going to be live <coughs> of the, uh, what was it? Some little Viper. Yeah. The blue Insularis. Yeah. The Insularis. Uh, that thing was amazing. Mm-hmm. You did that, mm-hmm. and then you did the uh, well. Saturday, you did an indigo, right? Mm-hmm. And that yeah, went the like, indigo for the auction. Yeah, that thing was amazing too. It's uh, some of the best reptile art I've ever seen. And wasn't your reptile art on the shirts for the NARBC in Arlington? It is. Yeah, yeah. I've um, been lucky enough to to be doing some of the designs on the shirts, which I'm just super stoked about. Um, so yeah, that's me. What is that like seeing a bunch of people walking around in shirts that have your art on them? Because like, I'm not even an artist and that's really freaking cool. James, are you freaking kidding me right I now? Tried, I tried to be quiet. They couldn't help. So no, it's a soda guys. It's not beer. I promise. Oh my gosh. Anyways. Even if it was, like, who cares? <laughs> like I'm not an artist, but that would still be so cool to see. It's super surreal. Um, I get so excited. And it still like surprises me too, because it's funny because you know I'll I'll do logos and I'll do banners and I'll do stuff that I am making for people to have up at shows. And still, every time I run into it or see it, I just I get so happy to actually see it like in person and you know like in physical form. It's just it's a lot of fun. I get I get really excited every time I see. That's like, so cool. I get excited for you, and I just, I haven't even known you that long, and I'm I'm excited <laughs> for you. Like <laughs> the one thing that was, was really cool was I saw so you put up an auction item at the NARBC uh, Arlington show. It was a bottle of whiskey. It was, and so I remember cool. I remember I remember seeing the bottle of whiskey posted several days prior, and you're like, "Hey, what should I put on this?" And then I saw it when you finished it. You painted both sides. What did you? I can't remember what you put on both sides of it though. There was a it was a horny toad, wasn't it, or a horned lizard? Yeah. On the, fir- on the front, yep. And then I did. Um, I believe it was a. I can't remember now if I if it was an eastern or western. I was I, I it was a rattle. I bet it was a western. A western, I think. Yeah. But I'm like trying to cause I remember, I was bouncing back and forth. Uh, you know, there because there's so many so many really good suggestions that I was looking through and like going through all the comments, the reference photos. So I remember kind of tossing up those two for a while. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, that and it did pretty well. It went for like three thousand dollars, right? Yeah, three thousand and one dollar. And one dollar. That's right, three thousand and one. I couldn't believe it. I was really excited about that. That is awesome. Yeah, that, that looked really great. I, I just, I'm always, I've seen, and we talked about it at Conroe. There's kind of two ways that you can see reptile art. You can either see like the old school because we talk about like tattoos. We're talking about the old school like way that people draw snakes, the old tattoo mm-hmm. way, or the super surreal way, which is how you do it. And I love like it's, it's different because you're a reptile person. You're not an artist just drawing reptiles. So you actually have an idea of what it should look like. Because I've seen so many where it just – it doesn't look right if you're a reptile person. It's, it's – I feel like it's like that in, with any 
niche, uh, like type of animal, or I guess like type of thing that you're into. Um, cause I'm a, I'm a horse person as well. And there's a lot of that where like, I'll, I'll see quite often artists won't look at a reference and it'll look like a completely different animal, you know, horses, snakes, just a lot of creatures seem to, seem to kind of have that happen to them, unfortunately. So I try to be as, as anatomically correct as possible, even if it's stylized. And both of those, it's, it's muscle tone in both, especially horses. Like there's a, there's a certain muscle tone to a horse to make it look good. And it's a certain way for a snake to stay coiled up or for something to be shaped to make it look right. Yeah, the way they move. You know, it's, it's super important. Their anatomy is incredibly important for just the, you know, the way they move, the way they operate and the way they live. So yeah, references. What is your favorite reptile type of reptile? I mean, do you prefer drawing snakes? Cause I saw that you have a lot of snakes, but I mean, or do you prefer lizards? I think you have the one with the alligator and. I have, um, I notice I tend to gravitate towards species that I'm most excited about. Um, so my top kind of three categories i suppose when it comes to reptiles i really enjoy the venomous um a lot of really cool snakes you know that the helidermas i think are just super cool they're just neat they're they're very unique looking um i'm into crocodilians as well i think they're they also have kind of different traits and, and a uniqueness about them and just like an ancient like presence to them which i think is fascinating and uh, monitors are just super close to my heart and so like I'd be drawing monitors all day. <laughs> monitors allow for like diversify my portfolio a little bit. So monitors allow for facial expression, whereas like snakes yeah. don't really allow for facial expression. But monitors, they think and they—I mean—they allow for that. They do like you know when you're getting like a stare down from a monitor or like the the backwards glare or you know they they really do have so much personality to them that that's what cracks me up. So do you keep any reptiles currently? I do, yeah. I've got uh, blue tree monitors. I, I oh, wow. started working on getting a basically a collection of tree monitors. Uh, I breed gargoyle geckos, and I have. I mean, I, I slimmed down my collection significantly. I downsized um, just because I'm traveling so much at the shows now. But I've also got some of my like retired educational show animals. I used to do birthday parties and educational shows with. So um, not a whole lot now, but I'm just trying to focus. I guess on like fewer projects but put more into them so so are you trying to focus focus on like breeding projects or just projects of animals you like and you want to set up and have oh oh, breeding projects i remember the first blue tree monitors i saw was uh daytona in like 2005 thinking that's an insanely blue blizzard yeah it's nuts how bright they are and i almost feel weird taking photos of them sometimes because they're so bright in the photo without it being doctored or anything and I look at the photo, I'm like, do I need to tone it down? Because it <laughs> almost looks like I, you know, hit the saturation really high or something on them. But yeah, the, I've got a pair of blues that, you know, are, are just absolutely wonderful. I Initially, when I was going to downsize, I was like, oh, man, I need to, you know, really go smaller. And I, I can't bring myself to, like, ever get rid of those guys because they're just too amazing. I'd love to get monitors. I just don't have the time. I know they're... It takes a lot of time with those guys. Yes. Yeah, that's the hard thing. Is I, I used to always keep snakes. I, I started out primarily with snakes. And I was like, oh, they're just so easy. You know, you, you can go away for the weekend or something and not have to worry about it. And then I ended up getting into the monitors now. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's quite a bit more work, but it's worth it with them. I'm assuming you have some sort of support at home, though. Because, I mean, you were down here in Conroe and then you went to Arlington. And that was all without ever going home. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was a long trip. Uh, thankfully I've got some wonderful helpers at home. Um, my boyfriend's brother, he lives with us and so he helps out. And then the pet store that I work really closely with, there's a couple girls that'll come over sometimes too to, to give me a hand with them when I'm out of town, which I'm super grateful for because it's, it's hard to find folks that can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when you're dealing with like really weird species or they're finicky, you know, the female didn't want to eat today or, you know, you just never know. Well, and reptiles are tricky. It's not like having someone go over and feed your dog. Like that's a very mm-hmm. basic thing. Take my dog outside, feed my dog. We're good. But like yeah. to trust someone to open a cage just to get a water bowl is a completely different thing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, think you got oh, Robert. Y'all have the the blue beauty. Like, not just anybody can open that tank and get, get the water bowl out. No, yeah, I'm I'm one that doesn't <laughs> anymore. He's that happened. I he felt so like bad. You. I had one friend come over and uh, she was taking care of everything and. My one of my black tree monitors got out while she was opening the cage oh. and messing, you know, and trying to feed them and, and water them. And I felt so bad for her. She's video calling me while I'm at like a hotel several states away, like with a bucket and like a fishnet, and she's like trying to catch it while it's like under my bed. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not the easiest, you know. Of course, they're they're not slow animals, you know. They're they're quick. I mean, yeah, sharp claws. It was crazy last <laughs> night. We fed him, and he was in that log. So yeah. could, if you open the door, he's right there and he could smell the rat already. So Rachel put it in the, the hide in the venom proof cage in the hide thing. So I was like, well, just put it in there and then use your hook to guide the rat out to where he's at. Cause he will not take frozen. He will not take pre-killed nothing. Dude, she put that rat in that door. He caught it inside the hide <laughs> and wrapped it up inside the hide and ate it inside the hide. He's nuts, man. But he's going to the show with us this weekend. Well, you know, cause you're going to come help her get him out. Shit. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> How about we just get the baby one that you want? I think they're both going. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, I'll get the baby one. You get the big one. <laughs> yeah, I'll get the racks. <laughs> Y'all are funny. Oh. So, Adeline, are you doing a, I know Venom Fest is coming up soon. You do a lot of venomous snakes in your pictures and all. Are you doing Venom Fest? I would if I could. I went to the last one and I had a blast. I had a really wonderful time. I really want to go to this one. Um, but. I have barely been home for a week and I need to prepare for Tinley as well. And oh, so I've yeah. got a lot, you know, since I've been on the road just for so long, I've got a lot of client work that I want to get finished up and I want to get some more personal pieces done before the show if I can. So Tinley. just kind of, kind of playing catch up. I, I really want to go so badly though. Tinley's in like two weeks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it's the following weekend. That's the first one. So, back. It's going to be at Tinley, right? It's not the one going to Schaumburg. Yep. Straight up. Tinley's back. We haven't had a show since the 2019 October one. Yes, that was our first. That was the one we went to. That was our very first Tinley. Was that one? Oh, no way. <laughs> it was our. It was his anniversary gift that year. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. You can't yeah, it's going to be. John Grant says he'll come get him out. <laughs> John Grant doesn't mind getting John bit. John Grant. I was just about to say the same thing. <laughs> I'm not all for getting bit. Especially not by that dude. Oh, I don't know if the Blue Beauty would actually bite I don't think he will. I think it's, it's all bluff. bluff. Yeah, it's yeah. it works. He'll hit you. Oh, it's scary. <laughs> He's a scary snake. Yeah. For anybody that's never dealt with like Asian rat snakes, they're fucking scary. Yeah. He's every bit of eight, man, seven. No, I say he won't bite. I've dealt with red-tailed green rat snakes, and they will fucking bite. Yeah. They, they well, 100% The good thing is you. he's going to go visit his former owner, longtime owner this weekend because it's Kevin's birthday. So Kevin will probably carry him around all weekend. That'd be cool. So it'll be a nice reset for him, and then Rachel can start working with him again. 
Yeah, there definitely seems to be more of a thought process in Asian rat snakes than there yeah, is in like American definitely. rat snakes. He, man, when you, he's looking at you, it's like he's he's They're looking for so his smart. angle. Like he's always looking for an angle. Yeah, and yeah. The other night, I was putting the new camera up in the dining room, and uh, to cover the back door, and uh, the the boa that's on top in that cage is I was putting on top of that cage, and she's you know kind of curl you know laying how they lay. And I reached up, dude. She hit that fucking glass. Oh, I would have fallen. <laughs> Boom, I would I'm have, like, holy shit. I would have like, fallen. I never saw her. Like, she, I didn't even realize she saw me there. Oh, yeah. And, That's man, I'm like, okay, you're hungry. We get it. We'll, we'll feed you. I've had that happen a couple of times. And uh, all you think is, one of these days, they're going to hit it hard enough. They're going to knock the plexiglass glass out. <laughs> she nailed it. But, and, you know, she, normally you could just reach in there and, you know, you've gotten her out numerous times. Yeah. But. Not right now while she's hungry. You know what it is? It's because you feed them in the cage. You're supposed to take yeah, them out yeah, in a separate box. And then feed- <laughs> I'm just kidding. <sighs> Anybody listening, please don't do that when you feed your snakes. Could you imagine feeding 100 plus snakes in separate containers? Ball? It's insane. I know a corn snake breeder that does it. Really? Mm-hmm. Like that. He talks about it all the time. Every time somebody talks about it on corn snake groups. And he's a pretty prolific corn snake breeder. He- good, good for him. I don't have that kind of time. Yeah. I also don't find it necessary. Yeah. No shit. Me either. I mean, I've got some snakes that are very food aggressive, like my pine snake. Mm-hmm. So I know we'll, we'll get back to Adeline. I promise. I just we get this. This They're is a, this a, is a podcast. We, we this jump around. It's all good. I'm, I'm all here. I'm listening. <laughs> I was listening to um, the Colubrid and Collybroid uh, new podcast, and they were talking to. I should definitely have looked up her name, but she was uh, she was she did pits, uh, pitch office, uh-huh. little snakes, pine snakes, and she started talking about Louisiana pine snakes and talking about attitude and how most of them are. Have a lot of attitude. Yours are the freak of nature, James. That's I think everybody's why. doing it wrong because Joe had them. My friend Joe Phelan had them, and they would always try and bite them. I have two of them, and I worked with a bunch at the zoo. And I've never had one like that's where I talk about like being food aggressive. Like the other night, yes, last night I was feeding, I threw a chunk two mice in with my pine snake in the tub, and it went past him, and then he came out at me. And the problem is when he's in food mode, he doesn't see a person. I'm just a giant rat, apparently. Yes, yeah. And so I just have to like. Push him back in with a hook and eat. But I guarantee I can go in there right now, open the tub, and pick him up just fine because he's not in food mode. Yeah. So like, Unless you had food in the room, in which case he would switch over very quickly. Like the little one to get out the other night, it didn't strike nothing. I don't I don't know. It's, but there's definitely a – I've just never seen the need to. Jennifer Joseph. Jennifer Joseph. She was very – like I said, she was very uh, – and I feel bad because I probably should know more because she seemed like she was someone I should know. You don't have to listen to this. Who does the show? Zach and Matt. Yeah. It's a really good show. Colubrid and Colubroid uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is a Colubroid? So, uh, hold on. I, I remember they explained this in the first episode, and oh. I should remember. So, I need to go listen to the episode to learn what it is. I'm cool with that response. Yeah, they're like, I think bull snakes, like the, they're a Colubroid. Or oh, like, that's cool. Uh, Dry Marcon, I think, counts as a Colubroid. I don't know what that is. Uh, well, I named it Indigos. Okay, there I got you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know some, what that is. <laughs> so, someone out there right now is like, he's all, totally fucking wrong. And I probably am. I don't, I own a handful of them. I don't know. What is Joe's new podcast called? That is uh, <laughs> Corn Stars. Corn Stars. <laughs> That's Joe <Sorry>. Phelan. <laughs> uh, that's a good oh, podcast name. <laughs> that's the one with uh, Justin and Joe. That's fabulous. Corn Stars. Uh, I think they have a second. I haven't heard the second episode. I heard the first episode. I haven't listened to the second episode yet. But. Check that one out too. Anybody who's listening, the Minnesota Corn Podcast. That's a. Is that about like just? That's like, got to be about corn. It like is real oh, okay. corn. Oh, that's, hey, that's <laughs> from the Minnesota Corn Growers Association. What? That's fun. Uh, if I you think, like corn, I think you need to redefine fun. 
Well, I mean, if like that's what you do for a living, if, if, sure. It's if you're very totally into corn, here's one card. Get that corn out of my face. <laughs> one episode in 2017. I like, the problem with like you find these podcasts, like someone did one episode. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn. But we're 84 episodes in. <clears throat> I've seen when you, when you look up podcasts, you'll see like someone starts really heavy. It's like every week, and then like once a month. Then, then they disappear. So what happened to my Google Teacher podcast that I was listening to. Yeah, it happens all the they time. They did super great, but then they got so busy with so much going on and like working for Google. Trust me, this is sometimes it's rough. It's rough for me to get over every here. week. Every I live week. here. Like, and I could it's have hard spent, for me. I could have spent <laughs> like, two, two more hours at the shop. This I live in this house, and it's hard but, for me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, we got some cool stuff coming though. We do. We'll get to that later. I'll talk about that later. All right. So back to Adeline. Uh, I, I apologize. We, I digress. Feel free at any point when we get off on a tangent to just join in to said <laughs> tangent and, and give us your two cents as well. well I do want to get to, so I asked a question, I asked Adeline what question she wanted to ask this week. And it was, uh, what, and I misspelled this horribly. What attracts you to a certain type? Not I shouldn't say types. What attracts you to a certain type of art? Um, and so we had several, uh, people comment and so I wanted to read through those and then I kind of wanted to get your view on, uh, on what attracts you to art outside of what you do outside of your own art. Mm-hmm. All right. So Lavissa, our friend Lavissa said, I absolutely love art. I took 14 art classes in high school. That seems like a lot of high school. Art <laughs> classes. I, how do you like, that's a shit ton of high she school She had art. to have been on the block schedule and taken yeah, like, yeah, but even on a block schedule, that's a shit ton of high school. I mean, art that's classes. never seen that many high school art classes. <laughs> no, I didn't sure. even know there were that. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know that was possible. around around class five. What the fuck are you doing? I bet it was specialized. <laughs> like Steven's answer, yeah, the bottom. Like 80, 80 classes. Well, but it could have also been specialized, so it wasn't just like a generic art. Like it could have been like an art history, sculpture. It could have been pottery. It could have been photography. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to that kind of school. Um, yeah. I did not we, either. We had, we had art. We had art. And that, that was, was like fun. Yeah, we had art one, art two, and art three, yeah. and art four. <laughs> I don't even remember high school having art. And it was honestly. the same teacher, all four. We cool. had art, but you could take band, art, dr- or drama, or choir. And I had band and drama, so I was covered. So I so, never took art in high school, and I never took choir in high school. We were allowed to take a law enforcement class instead of having to take one of those classes. What? So I oh. took a law enforcement one, two, three, That's and four. That's and then became a cop for twelve years. How to pro- like an idiot? How to properly mace a person? Yeah, I mean it was, it was the same teacher every year, and he, yeah, it was just, it was a fuck off class. That sounds like an ag teacher, like an, old, it, like an old school ag teacher, like so that kind of. Mr. Edwards was a unique individual. Um, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. when you describe a teacher like that, yeah, pretty sure he was smoking weed in the car between classes before oh, teaching us cop stuff. But whatever, <laughs> kids, don't do drugs. I read a meme this morning that our, well, it wasn't a meme. It was just like a little blurb or whatever. But it was like when I was in high school, we always had to close the blinds on Monday morning and we thought it was the weirdest thing. It's because their teacher always had a hangover (laughs) from the weekend. And they were closing the blinds. It was only on Monday that they had to close the blinds and they thought it was so strange. (laughs) The teacher got wasted on Sundays. Apparently. They were watching football. More and more friends as teachers or like psychiatrists, and then just seeing like all the fun stuff they get into on the weekends, it just cracks me up. How, like, as a kid, I'm a boring like, teacher, 
We really are. But we say we're boring, but then we do like reptile shows. And like my kids think that's like the coolest thing they've ever heard of. So, yeah. Yeah. We don't don't do illegal fun, like illegal fun things. That stuff becomes the norm for all of us. though. like when you spend a a weekend a month at a reptile show, sometimes two or three weekends Mm -hmm. a month at a reptile show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, how many shows are you doing now, Adeline? I just hit my 20th one at Arlington. So, so you're still young. You still got a lot to go. <laughs> that, that, was, that was the 20th show with the art art business. Oh, so okay. I've been RBC since uh, 2011 or so. So I've been, it's been like 10 years. Oh, wow. She's got us beat, James. You hush. She have me beat. <laughs> How long have you been doing shows? Probably somewhere around there. I bred snakes early on. You didn't start doing shows until after our child was born. Because I don't, I don't count like that one random show in Gulf Shores or that. I sold one. a shit ton of snakes to that one random show. In Gulf Shores. <laughs> oh, well, my bad. I going to shows is two different things too. Yeah, that's true. I just uh, you're the you're the youngest one as far as shows go. Yeah, but I've done forty one shows. You've done, you've done you fit a lot in a small time, right? I've done a shitload of shows in the last year and a half. I mean, I've Holy done. God. Yeah, yeah. He does I do every because he does every herb wow. show. Every single herb wow. show. And I do, I've done, now I've done McQueenie once. That's it. Yeah, everything else has been every herp show. Yeah. I think there's, well, I don't know how many are we're down to next year or up to it. I think we're you around. You need like a little scoreboard or like a punch card or like something. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what Sean needs. <laughs> punch card. Sean needs a fucking punch card. After so many shows, you get a pizza. Yeah. I don't know, something. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta get something for that. That's cool. That's so funny. Sean Gray needs a punch card for all his vendors. Sean There's Gray is us. thinking you're fucking crazy, James Lewis. There's a few of us that do every show. John and Callie do. Um, see, look, John's John done 62, 62 shows since February, February 2019. Yeah. Uh, they, they're like me. They More. missed one here, one there. But Andy, fuck, how many shows has Andy done? I think he's missed one show. He only missed. He's only missed right. one herp show, and that was because Bo was born. Right. So we talked about this behind John's back the other day, and I'm going to bring it up. <gasps> no, don't do it. Don't be ugly. John Grant just wrote 90% herp shows, but he didn't write 90%. <sighs> I don't know what happens in John's head, but he always writes the percent sign first. And then when he writes something that's a dollar sign, like if he's going to tell you $20, it's 20 and then dollar sign after. So they're flip-flopped. Yeah. Yes. Must and be an Oklahoma thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Oklahoma people. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, Jay. I'm not sorry, J.D. What am I apologizing for? I did that on purpose. Fuck it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, he accidentally butt-dialed me, video called me today while we were eating, like we were messaging. And then I'm like, why is he calling me? He never calls me. And he's like, sorry, I didn't mean to. I was like, well, now you're here. Say hi to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dollar thing, thing is Cali. Cali. Oh, <laughs> so you're both both just wrong. Got so it. maybe it is Oklahoma. It's the grants. It's just a grant thing. <laughs> uh, Puget Sound Python said Adeline's fantastic. She's doing our new logo. Oh, that's so sweet. That's I awesome. <laughs> I, I know that someone here wants me to get a new logo for the podcast because they hate oh, our logo. Yes, please. Something <laughs> I can put into my system and carve. I love it. I may, I may have to hit because we would have a huge reptile gumbo podcast thing on the wall here if I had a logo that was you know usable in my. Well, I think we part. know someone that we might can talk to after yeah. this podcast about that. I've tried. <laughs> Everything because yeah. it has it has so many colors. <laughs> I even try to change it to black and white, yeah. but it has so many hues of gray that it won't. It, it, won't it just it. won't Look, pull it's out an the, awesome. So sure, yeah, it's great. Our buddy, we had a tattoo artist design our logo for it. Our buddy Riley did it, 
He's an awesome tattoo artist. Just great reptile art uh, as far as tattoos, and it's a great piece of art. But it is definitely not the easiest to just slap on stuff. I even tried to do it with the laser and try to burn it. But I love it. Like screen print, it's an amazing picture. Yep. Yeah. But uh, it does not do great for that. So we do have to make it get a simplified. Also, it's uh, on my list. Okay, I have a very long list, and it's on there. Well, there also may be a chance that uh, speaking of podcasts, really, that there could be some other podcasts in the works, and I'll need logos for those too. Gotcha. Okay. But she didn't know about that. No, yeah, I did. She's just being reminded. Uh, yeah, but she's not involved in any of them. She's good. I'm not yeah. <laughs> because when he brought it up, I got, that was the first my thing I said. I mean, I got jealous of the other podcast folks having their own network, and so now I have my network. <laughs> Although no, I. <laughs> My my thing is like if if I do make an, any other podcast, which I have some with podcasts in in the works, Look, they will not be like anything that's already out. It, it's like he said earlier when I was giving him a lot of shit because he's been drinking too much <sighs> soda. He's like, I don't smoke and I don't drink alcohol, so let me have my vice. And if this is one of his vices, making podcasts, I'm okay with that. He's at home. He's upstairs. I know where he is. He's safe. Like we we <laughs> took one entire room of our house and turned it into a podcast studio. I got to make you. I funny. gave up a craft room. For him to have a podcast. Your craft area is bigger than this room. Well, that craft area is also covered in boxes right now. So, as we were, moving on. <laughs> All right. So, let's get back to this question that we asked. So, again, we, we got off track because LaVista took 5 million freaking art classes in high school. I saw what high school she <laughs> oh, That is what got us off track. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways. So, she said... Uh, oh, LaVista, <laughs> I'm going to, because I know you're probably listening. And if you're not in the Facebook group right now, then you probably will be at some point this evening. So when you listen to this, I I would like some elaboration. So a breakdown of all 14 classes? And tell me what you took in high school, because I'm genuinely it could, curious. It couldn't have been art you, one, art two, art three, art four. You could just private message it to Katie. Please. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just send it to me. They don't care, but it doesn't matter. I, I kind of care. You, Katie will give us the... I'll give you the rundown. Katie will break it out for us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she, but Alyssa, LaVissa said, I'm highly attracted to art that I can see and you can tell is completely original idea. I love looking at art that I see and immediately realize I could never make myself. That's most fucking art for me. Unless it's stick figures. I could totally make stick figures. I can rock the shit out of some stick figures. So here's my question. What do you consider art? It honestly could be anything. Like, because look... You made shoes... That were a pretty damn close replica of, of Sean Gray's custom-made Nike. You made a Sambo that puked out candy. 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 That is like true. some of the stuff, that which I might need to borrow and take. I was actually going to offer right. that to you. Some of the stuff that you come up with for our child's Halloween costumes, for like, is it art that you hang on a wall? No, but it's art that she is wearing. Yeah, that, like you, you melted a PVC pipe to make a shepherd's hook <laughs> on a for a stove. little Bo Peep. Oh, using guess, a gas stove. I didn't stove. have any fire except for the gas stove, so who cares about PCBs? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Turn the vent hood on. I mean, it's yeah. okay. She was three. It didn't matter. Like, come well, on. she survived. She's thinking, <laughs> like, the sign behind us was made by um, Focus Cubed, and I have the Focus Cubed cage downstairs, and I think that cage is a piece of art. I, I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't sell yourself short, Lewis. Don't sell yourself short. Anyways. There's so many different types of art. Like, mm-hmm. I feel what like I- a lot of people... Uh, either appreciate it or actually create it more than they, they realize just because it, there's an endless amount of possibilities with it. I think that's what I enjoy the most about having the CNC machine. Uh, You've done a lot of art. I get to cut a lot of rectangles to build racks and that shit gets boring. But man, now I've started doing the wooden flags and today I cut some stuff out um, in the waste area on some, some racks I was cutting and I enjoy the hell out of that. I'm trying to get more into the design side of it. Yeah. Um, you've done. I mean, it was 
you've done a lot, especially the Halloween. Some some of those Halloween mm-hmm. signs y'all have cut out and painted have been really impressive. Yeah. Like we early on when we started all this stuff with the doing the art stuff, you started doing the uh, the little planet thing, and you went fucking ape shit with making the little paint planet things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Those turned out really yeah. great. That's great. I, I, I haven't yeah. done one in weeks. I need to do one. I bought like a hundred dollars worth of spray paint. paint and haven't touched it. It's still sitting there it's by the door. Still sitting by the door. <laughs> I remember going to get it with you. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, haven't seen it sprayed once. People also don't know this about Robert, but didn't you also used to be a baker? I owned a bakery. So, I mean, mm-hmm. when you decorate food. Wait a minute. He said he owned a bakery. Yeah, no. I baked the shit. My ex-wife decorated it. Okay, never mind then. I do not. <laughs> Less that. impressive now. I mean, I would on. do like like co- cookies, like putting piping icing on them and stuff like that, but not, okay, never not mind. like she. Now, she would say Back like. Back it up. She would give me like this whole area and she like cover this whole thing and the little just one after the other. I could do that. But when it came to like cutting fondant and rolling it and doing all that. mm -mm. Never mind. And then I couldn't stay there because she got mean when she was doing it. So (laughs) that's why she's an ex-wife. Yeah, that's not the main reason. (laughs) Uh, Our friend Corey Martin said for her being attracted to art is all about the emotional response it elicits. Absolutely. I don't. I don't know if I've ever been overly moved by art. I have cried looking at art before. Yeah. I've been to some pretty amazing art museums and some of the, especially when you read the artist's description of it and then you realize, oh shit, okay, that's more than just black lines on a piece of paper and you understand what they were feeling and doing at the time that they made it. It it can get overwhelming. One of my favorite stories ever that his grandmother tells is of a time that she took his dad to an an art museum, like an art museum in DC. Cause that's where they lived. And he was little, he was like five or six, I think, Yeah. but it was like a blue square and she's there sitting and he's looking and he's like really focused on this piece of art hanging on the wall. And she's thinking she's going to get this really in depth response. Not he's for like, my dad. She's like, so what do you think, Sam? He's like, it's a blue square. And just like gets up and moves on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like one of my favorite stories that she tells that and when he got lost it wasn't him it was andy it was was the the other the uncle that got lost that's right we actually have a pretty pretty good um, (laughs) art museum here in houston yes the houston museum there's also the color factory i want to go check that out too that's on my i have a list of places i want to go those are on that so list. When I was in college in San Diego, I worked at the San Diego Aerospace Museum in Balboa Park, which is where San Diego Zoo is. But it's a it's it's like here. It's like Herman Park here. It's it's just a bunch of museums. And being a employee of the museum, we could go to the, any of the other museums for free. So I would go on my lunch break because every museum had a different little cafe in it. Oh, yeah. So I'd walk over to this one or that one and turned out the art museum had a really badass sandwich shop in it. So I would go get a sandwich and then walk to the back of the museum. They had like a little atrium. You'd go sit there and eat, and they had different art on display that changed every month. And I used to really enjoy going there. And it was, you know, August and seventy degrees and no humidity outside. And yeah, I'm just I, I don't I I like art, but there's I'm not a, moved by art. I, I can tell you I don't what I, like what I don't like. Like I'm with Sam. A blue fucking square is a blue square. <laughs> or I don't give a shit what anybody says. Jackson Pollock is not an artist. Shut don't up. Fuck off. <laughs> the dude threw paint at a canvas and everybody thought it was amazing. Yeah, he's a good salesman. Yes, but there's literally any, something anybody else could do. He just did it better at first. We waited in line for like four hours to go to the Louvre when I was young, and probably the second or third time we were in France, and that was a little underwhelming. I can imagine. Now, the Sistine Chapel yeah. 
And when they tell you how Michelangelo painted that on his back, on a scaffold, basically, for two years or whatever it was, it's pretty damn amazing. There's a sculpture garden in D.C. on the you know the one with the brown square? See, it goes back to squares. Oh, there is a round square there. There's a brown okay, square. Okay, well, moving past the round square, but you walk around and there's a huge fountain in the middle and it's, yeah, it's, that was one of whenever we would go visit your grandmother and the museum grew up in like, still alive. pre-COVID. Well, this, but this is pre-COVID, Say like when, when everything like my grandmother was still died. open. Don't be killing my grandmother. No, no, no. But before COVID, when we could go and like do fun stuff like that without having to worry about things, Josephine and I, when we would go to the museums, we would always take our lunch. And we would go sit next to one of the sculptures and we would eat lunch outside. Wonderful story. I know. I thought it was. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> it I is. enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, Respect me, James. No. Give there a few more of these answers. Our buddy Travis Wyman uh, said no specific it thing. There was just a feeling as to whether or not it speaks to me. Sometimes it is the subject matter. Sometimes it is the style. Sometimes it's the technique. No real rhyme or reason to it. Basically, it is the Justice Stewart philosophy. I know it when I see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I do better, like, photography. I like photography a little better than I like painting. So, I like, I like re- reality, which is one reason, like, I really like Adeline's photos because they're real. I mean, you look at that's that's – and I've seen those animals in real life, and then you see them in a painting, in a drawing, and you're like, the skill it takes to shade. That's the thing that gets me with art is you can draw a snake. But the time it takes you to like shade them and get all the colors and blend it together, that's the thing. I have a hard time. I'm really good at making shit out of nothing. But I have a hard time when it comes to art seeing a blank space and seeing where I want to get. Like I don't – I can't do that. I can't figure like, – I couldn't look – sculpting amazes me. When someone holds like a, like a like marble, when they like chip away at marble, <clears throat> like you looked at a giant rock and knew that you had to cut it just right to get an elbow. Like that doesn't fucking make, I don't get mm-hmm. that. And so like, so like your work, when you say, I watched you sit there and shade, uh, shade the snake and all like without effort. Like it just comes, I say, I mean, I know it's tons and tons of practice. And so it's just, mm-hmm. it's second nature to you at that point. Right. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, it, it depends on the scalation too. Uh, the more, um, familiar I get with a certain type, it becomes more second nature. But when it comes to like having skilled scales or like, say you see a lot of the skin in between scales that changes things too. But yeah, there definitely is like a a rhythm to it that you can kind of just get, get lost into and just kind of get comfortable with, I guess. Uh, See my my buddy, Kevin uh, said St. Peter's Ballast Basilica. Basilica. I knew that too. And my brain just did not function with my mouth. (laughs) St. Peter's Basilica got me overwhelmed. I didn't expect that. Uh, Nathaniel Holcomb, chainsaw art is definitely one of the most impressive things I've ever chainsaw seen. Chainsaw art and ice sculptures. I have I have to say, um, my boyfriend's father is a chainsaw artist as well as sculptor. I feel like it it really is sculpture. <clears throat> yeah, um, it is. I feel like a you know sometimes when when people just say like oh they're just like a chain chainsaw sculptor, you know it, there's quite a bit of art to it, and he works actually right out of. Um, the driveway that, you know, where we're at and I get to watch him bring these huge logs in and then sketch it out. And it's pretty incredible the amount of time and effort and the expertise. And like you said, just seeing this giant log and going, oh yeah, there's a coyote going to be there and it's going to have a pop on 
you know, one side of it. And it's, it's really insane to see the whole process from start to finish. Of that. It just takes a different kind of brain. Like my brain yeah, doesn't work that way. There, there's a guy that I follow on Facebook that I found in one of the CNC groups, but he is an Imagineer. He's been uh, their head sculptor for Disney land in Florida for like 35 years. Disney world in Florida. Uh, Disneyland in California. There we go. Uh, I even pointed to the West when I said it. <laughs> um, I'm glad you knew which direction you were pointing. Cause to me, you were just pointing um, to the wall. That's South. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like so, I'm going to know that. I anyway, uh, he's the, he's been the head sculptor and he's now retired, semi-retired. I don't think you ever retire from that, but he travels around and like he was at uh, UCLA Berkeley the other day. And there's a sculpture there that he did 20 years ago that he forgot he did. <laughs> so he was posting pictures and he's like, Hey, I made this 20 years ago and look, it's still up. And that's uh, so cool. Yeah. He's all, and it's all hand sculpted. He posts pictures from like the seventies and eighties and he's your, he's exactly what you think. He's tall, slender, long blonde hair, hippie. I mean, <laughs> just when you think of California sculptor, it's this guy and he's awesome, man. I've chatted with him back and forth. He does some, has done some amazing, amazing stuff. Oh, I'd love to see his stuff. That's sweet. We, uh, the zoo we used to work at had a tree that they had cut off like 10 feet above the ground and then left it. And then it just started growing small branches out of this weirdly shaped trunk. And so finally they went and they shaved it all down. They didn't just cut it though. It broke in a hurricane. It broke, but then they cut it and left 10 foot of tree above the ground. Correct. For no apparent reason. But what happened, luckily they did later, like a couple years later, that we brought in a chainsaw artist who looked at that and ended up turning it into like a bear climbing up a tree with a raccoon and some bird. Like watching like the whole process of him doing that because I got to see it because I worked there. I was like, it's insane. I just don't know how your brain realizes that if I cut off, I have to cut off this much of this side of it to leave this much on the other side. I don't know. It's a spatial thing that I guess I just don't get. Uh, oh, Darren Watson asked, Alan, what do you prefer to work with paint markers or pencils? Can I say all of the above for those three? <laughs> um, I started out with pencils, which, you know, that's, you know, I feel like a lot of people start with pencils and with graphite. And so that I'm very comfortable with and very familiar with. Um, they all have different elements to them and I like to utilize them for different things. So currently most of my stuff is done with Copic markers and Micron pens because I'm just having a lot of fun with that medium. The, the markers are a blast to work with. Um, I can do a lot of really cool tight detailing and stuff, but it is a little bit more limited, um, for me at least, cause I, I don't have every single color under the sun and you can kind of make your own colors a little bit, but it's a, it's a bit more difficult. Um, so I'm a little bit limited with colors that way, but I really enjoy painting as well. I don't get to do a whole lot of it much anymore. Actually, the the bottle that I painted on for the NARBC auction was the first time I played with acrylics in about a year or so. Um, you would have never really, known. Never. <laughs> I really enjoy, uh, you know, working with acrylics. I haven't done oils in a long time either, but I always really had a blast with them. I actually just picked up gouache. I've never tried it before, so I'm excited to test that out. And, I just like trying all the mediums. And There's what is that? Gouache is a type of paint. Oh, Okay. And exactly I what you think. a ton of artists that use it. And I've, I've always just wondered and I finally picked some up. So I'm going to test it out and see how I like it. But I bet cool. she uses that paint before you use your spray paint. Uh, I mean, I use it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, oh, John Grant said he needs to do a painting, get a painting done of uh, our drawing of Ava and Poppy. Ava is his Tamandua, his his anteater, which I think would be an amazing drawing. Oh, that would be cool. Because then you can do the big old tongue, and like that's a very. Yeah. I, I don't care about Poppy. She attacked no. me at Conroe, so Poppy can suck it. She's a Poppy's Kawadamani. So I just oh. Adeline, I just sent you his uh, his profile, so you can go look at it. Oh, awesome! Thank yeah. you. It was, it was actually at UCLA is where that was at. He remembered that he had done work there, but he couldn't remember what. <laughs> so, so and he kind of remembered where it was. So he went and he was like, oh, yeah, it was that. Okay. That's he so said he had no photos of it either. So now he has pictures of it. Oh, he did it in 2001. I, I was waiting to see like 2000, like, like 1978 or something. I was thinking like, you know. Still before. 20 years ago. God, don't Fuck tell yeah, me that. <laughs> Did y'all see that thing I posted the other day about how um, a movie? So whenever Dazed and Confused came out, yeah, the equivalent would be like for us would be like a movie set in 1999. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it made me feel we're old. We got it. Old. All right. God. Uh, um. Oh, I, I did want to read this. So this is Max Hicks's answer to the to the art question. Probably long. Uh, it's not that long. My, <laughs> Uh, my favorite part of doing photography is getting to share the experience that I had with others. As a consumer, I look for things that show passion. I hate going to places and seeing art that's like, I could have done that. And the attitude being, yeah, but you didn't. Uh, I, I've got to give Max credit. Uh, and it hurts me because he was supposed to get eaten by that damn bear. You're such a mess. But he, Max, on Max's view on his YouTube channel, he came out with his, his trip to Alaska to Kodiak with the bears. He shared that with me because he didn't think you would show me. <laughs> Did you watch it? I haven't yet because I haven't seen it. I'm the only one at this table that's watched it. I think. Y'all are horrible people. And I told Max, it was an amazing video and the photography that he shows in there. I watched it. Don't lie. (laughs) Did you watch it? Yes. Did you really watch it? Yes. (laughs) Did you really watch it like you're going to use that spray paint tomorrow? No. (laughs) (laughs) The car. What? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I saw that too. Yes. He's supposed to get eaten by a bear. He did not. I know he didn't. That was let down. It. He tried to. She's talking about the bear like I hit by the car. I know that was crazy. No, but yeah. he had some amazing pictures of puffins. I love puffins. Um, I find penguins to be overhyped, fat, lazy birds that should not get the credit they get because they can't fucking fly. Puffins, on the other hand, can do all of it and they should get more credit. But he did, he's, there was a whole bunch of puffins. He got pictures and videos, uh, which were amazing. But yeah, then to be there with the bear that got. He's, you say he got hit by a car, but it kind of hit the car and yeah. got hit at the it, same time. I was about to say, it definitely it charged the car and then got its foot ran over while charging the car. But it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. So. I was like, gotta make sure the bear's okay. The bear's okay. Yeah. We actually have, have Max to thank for the, uh, the Insularis. <clears throat> oh, is that his? Yeah. So I was just sitting there and I'm like, man, what am I going to draw next? I've, I've always got a long list, a to-do list, but I have a hard time picking it on the spot. And he's literally just walking past the table. I was like, Max, come here. He was like, well, what's up? I'm like, do you have any Insularis pictures by chance? He's like, yeah, I actually have one. And, so, yeah. and texted me a photo of his. When so I saw that picture of his, I was like, that's got to be where that came from. Because oh, it yeah. looks identical. Yep. This is gorgeous. That's where it came from. So I was like, thank, thank you, Max. <laughs> I literally just like stopped him when he was like in the middle of walking somewhere. And uh, he was <laughs> nice enough to send that to me. Yeah, anybody, anybody that has not seen his video yet, go see his video. Or any of his on Max, any of his that, that, that video, like I said, um, he got some amazing shots of like these two brother bears playing in the water. He saw them multiple times all up there. Uh, some amazing shots of a mother and th- that had three cubs with it. 
Um, that's the other thing about being up there is like, if you're there long enough, you, you see the same animals over and over again. Uh, and so Max got to see all that. It was, it was really that's good. So cool. Even though he didn't get eaten by the bear. James. What? And then the whales let me Such down. He went jerk. to go video whales and none of them fell on his boat. Such a dirt, James. Waiting for the breach and fall on the boat. <sighs> One of these days. <sighs> uh, Megan Braun says she loves your art, by the way. Well, thank you, Megan. You're very kind of you. Thanks. It means a lot. I totally had a question on my mind and I forgot it because it's Max's fault. James. If he got eaten by that bear, it wouldn't have happened. James. Ugh. Although he did post a really funny meme the other day oh. about how people are like, oh, you're the one that, you know, oh, what do you do? I'm a photographer. Or, you know, oh, what are you known for? Photography. What are you known for? YouTube. No, you're known as the guy that, like, carrots get thrown thrown at. Oh, that was because like that. that was Kayla. Kayla's the only true. one that posts carrots at him. She was not the only one that night. Because she was the I only one launching them at 150 miles an hour. She thought he was going to have bruises the next day from those carrots. Yeah. I'm convinced that there's carrots in their house still, but they haven't found them. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. They'll find them when they move. When they move couple. everything out. And yeah. That was January, Conroe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's fossilized carrots underneath the bed somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Things that happen at a Herp show. So I have a question that I wondered. So you do, you do all your drawings and everything. Um, how does the process go of turning those into prints? Unless wondered. it's so secretive that if you tell us, you have to kill him. In which case, then don't tell we him. Go ahead and tell him. No, it's not. It's not secretive at all. It's pretty, pretty. I, I, I tell everybody. Um, thankfully, my boyfriend's a photographer and has a really nice camera. And so what we do, actually, it's kind of, I feel like silly if you actually see the whole process. But I stand outside and I hold my piece and he photographs it. That, sound, that sounds online. dirty. I'm not going to lie. That sounds really dirty. She stands outside, holds her piece, and he photographs it. Get your bun out of the gutter. That would make even more money. God, James. Welcome uh, to the You said that. Podcast. I was like, <laughs> I was thinking like. No one else thought it? No, because when you say I held my piece, I'm thinking like pew, 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 pew. I don't know if we're allowed to say that word. Gun? You can say yeah, gun. Can this isn't Facebook. This isn't Facebook or YouTube. We're good. Pew, pew, pew. You know, the guns. Pew, pew. <laughs> You've actually shot a gun. You know damn well it's not what it's like. I know it's not. Go, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> no one will be afraid of that gun. <sighs> Look here. Look here. All right. Let her finish her answer. Right, go, go ahead. So you're um, there holding your piece. We do a high detail photograph of it. And uh, he's very good at color correction. So what he'll do is he'll have the original next to him. And he will make sure that they basically look identical, like that the, the color is totally correct on it. And we'll cut each piece out by hand, which sometimes can take a long time. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry to make your life difficult. Um, some of my pieces that have like splashing water and stuff, he literally has to cut out like the water droplets and every single little squiggle. Um, and then after that, we will get prints made of them. That's so awesome. that's kind of the, the gist of the whole process. But yeah, I, I felt so bad. Uh, there was one piece I did of a toke gecko and a ton of branch and there's all these leaves. And it took me about like six or so hours doing that piece. And it took him about the same amount of time having to cut it out. Oh, wow. To make it into a print. Yeah, because you see the texture of the paper with a camera that's, you know, that good. And so, you know, it wouldn't really look quite right getting printed and so he has to literally cut it all out 
So yeah, very thankful for that. Because it definitely doesn't – you couldn't tell that by looking at them. I, I mean, I looked at them at the show, and they, I mean, it looks like each one is is just printed of the actual thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty impressive. So, Megan – and we kind of covered this earlier, but Megan Broad just said, uh, when did you start drawing reptiles and vending expos? Uh, so as far as art, you would – that's a more recent thing, vending expos for art. Yes. So – I went full-time with the artwork uh, February of 2020. Two shows prior to that, though, I'm actually pretty surprised that she brings this up. Two shows prior, I had started drawing little tiny, tiny amounts, like not much at all. And for some reason, I, I decided that I would try to get some prints made. And I had a teeny little, like, uh, one of those clear flyer holders. And so I put a couple prints and a couple, you know, just a, a few pieces up at my friend's table at, at Birds and Bees Pet Shop. And because they're like, yeah, you can put a little flyer thing, like, put a little bit of artwork there. So I had a couple things. And at that time, like, I didn't know anything about backing boards or, like, putting things in bags. Like, I was not prepared whatsoever. It was, like, a very spare-of-the-moment thing. So yeah, there were a couple of shows that I brought stuff and I still remember a, a couple of people came over and, and bought some prints and they're like, do you have a bag or anything? And I was like, no, like they're just literally the prints by themselves. Uh, so I've got photos of that way back down at the beginning of my, my page. It's a fairly new page, so it should be easy to scroll down. Uh, it's crazy though to see that compared to like my two table booths now is kind of fun. But yeah, so I, I, Pretty much have been drawing reptiles on and off since I was little, but stopped for a long time. Uh, I drew a lot in high school, but then I just got busy with work and working, you know, at pet stores and wildlife centers and with the animals themselves. And I pretty much didn't really get back into it until like 20, 2019 or so. Um, I started drawing a little bit on the side and got to the point that I was just very busy and booked and having way too much fun with it and thought, why not make this a full-time thing? So it was last February. And I'm assuming it's gone well for you since then. I'm very grateful to say that it has. Yeah. The great I, thing uh, is you sell an item at a, at a reptile show when someone can't come in and buy a snake at every show, they can come in and buy a picture of a snake or, uh, a, or a sticker or a sticker. Yeah. There were stickers. I may have That's bought one for my perfect. laptop. Yeah. That's how I can tell my school laptop from everybody else's now. We all have the same exact laptop. And so I'd go to meetings and I'm like, I need stickers from my laptop. And so I bought one of hers at the Conroe show. There you go. I also bought a Christmas present. Mine has a, a few stickers. Yours has a few stickers, yes. I need a bigger laptop. Uh, no. <laughs> I did buy I also bought a Christmas present for my sister in law. Well, that's true, you did get one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I got a print. I'm excited. Oh. She's going to love it. So we asked, I asked one other question this week on, uh, I asked an animal related. Wait, question. hold on. Are we done with art? That was, no, no, we're going to be done. We can go back and forth. Do you have art? Well, you didn't, you didn't ask what, how we feel about art. My bad. How yeah. do you feel about art? Well, you have bought me my favorite art piece. That is true. I did buy. So whereas art may not evoke emotions for you. It got me laid. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it got, I mean, it got me laid. You also ended up stuck stuck with me, so there's that. Fuck, I knew I should have bought that damn thing. <laughs> the power of art. The power of art. Got your I wife. 
I do feel like the art evoking emotions thing does get, it doesn't have to be something crazy, you know? Mm. I feel like a lot of people expect, like, does art move you? They think, like, they picture somebody crying at, like, right. a museum in front of something. Even just looking at something and laughing or looking at something and, you know, thinking that's stupid or looking at something and going, hey, I like that species, you know? Yeah. That's an emotion too. Mine's it doesn't necessarily have to be profound. Like, oh yeah, I've never had a moment where I I've cried at artwork. Like, I personally haven't. But there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I cry at everything, so that's not really <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, commercials, fucking commercials. Commercials on TV make me emotional. I'm, you make the Super Bowl hard to watch. I can't handle it, man. I just can't. They all get fucking me. insurance commercials. And you're Damn. sitting there bawling your eyes oh, out. Oh my god, it was horrible. Yeah, Oh, it's, it's been so much worse now that I'm a mom. Like, I'm not even going to Dalmatian lie. shows up to play soccer with a horse. And you're like, oh, oh my God. I lost it. Anyways. Um, okay. But the the piece of art that I have, it's not animal related. It's not reptile related. It's, no, it's, it's abstract. abstract. And we were walking around. It's, it was right after my dad had passed away. I was struggling with, like, leaving my dorm room and going and doing things. And my roommate at the time talked me into going to this little, like, farmer's market type. No, y'all went. Y'all did a oh, singing no. event. Y'all we sang, sang for like the, elderly or something. Yes, that's and what it was at the nursing at home. At the nursing home. And the guy had art on the wall for sale at the nursing yes, home. And it was also something that you, that you love. It was the first time since my dad had passed away that I was just like happy about something. And it's funny because when you look at the piece, there's not really much happiness in it because well, it's like dark yellows and reds and blacks. And like it's a lot of darker colors, but I felt like that's how I was feeling at the time. And it was just, it was really well, the thing great. is, so we weren't dating yet. You were still engaged to your fiance, you whore. Thanks for putting all my business Jeez. out oh, there. Oh, I put it out there. I'm <laughs> going to stab you with this pen. It's a great story because I won. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the hero here. Okay, so there will be lines drawn in the future because oh, no. you just jumped over that one leaps and bounds. Like dead people don't get to know. That was so a million years moving ago. Moving on. Y'all think YouTube has an algorithm that listens to us? Because I just open YouTube and the first thing that pops up, never watched a video on carving anything. <laughs> carving. carving a snake out of wood. All of our Facebook. That's uh, what it's all going to be now. <laughs> so anyways, you told me about this painting and I was like, I'm going to go try and buy this painting. And so I went to the place and it wasn't on the wall. There were no paintings. And they had, the guy had come and just got them. The painting, the artist had come and just got them, taking them back. She gave me his number, so I called him. And he goes, "I just actually took that off the frame and destroyed that one." That he had, he was like, "I needed to reuse the frames, so I just stripped it off and threw it away." And I was like, "Uh, shit." <laughs> he goes, "Look, I'll paint you a couple other ones, and then you tell me which one you want." And so if I, I had never seen the one you wanted, you kind of explained it to me. So he painted a couple other ones. He showed them to me. I was like, "I, I want that one." I don't even remember the original. I'll be honest. I don't know what it was because he destroyed it. He, didn't, he needed the wooden frames mm -hmm. to do new paintings. Uh, and so yeah. I bought that one. Yeah. So I have a, that's, I've had it mm. for almost 17 years. Yeah. It's a long time to own a piece of like, a, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly. One of these days we're going to get it really framed. It's just still on like the frame with the metal wire yeah. on the back of it hanging on the wall. It's a fairly large piece, I think. Y'all on your pieces. Uh, shut up. Uh. Oh, Megan Brown said, do you do commissions? That I do. There you go, Megan. She does commissions. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of commission information on my website. It's literally my name and art, AdelineRobinsonArt.com. 
Uh, so I've got a couple different uh, pages with like fine art commissions and logo commissions. Yeah, it's a, a good chunk of what I do. Terry Rushford said they got a print and some stickers at Schaumburg. Wow. Hey, Terry. So, Terry's awesome. So here's your emotional time, Robert. How does art affect you? <laughs> I really am going to need you to not be so snarky. <laughs> it, in a different way. It depends on the art. I mean, uh, I said, yeah, I mean, you can't really, I can't say art does this. It, it depends on the art where I'm well, at in my like life movies? at that point. Do what? Do you like movies? I love movies. Do you like music? I do. That's all art. That is. For sure. Like, I'm far moved by movies. Yeah. Like, they're de- like there's no way you can watch the movie Hardball with Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. and not cry at the end of that fucking yep. movie. For me, it's pretty much any Kevin Smith movie. It just oh, makes me God. feel like, a kid, yes. like I'm in high school again. I was say, you can't be crying. There's no way you cried in Dogma. No. No. <laughs> That's a fabulous movie, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't. You, the only way you can watch that movie now is to buy it. You can't stream. Really? Because because fucking Harvey Weinstein. Oh really? He he owns the movie, and the streaming rights expired at the end of last year, and nobody and nobody will touch it now because of Harvey Weinstein. So you have to buy a DVD. And last time I looked on Amazon, they they're were around a hundred. Outrageous, a hundred dollars. I can't be a hundred dollars for a movie. Yeah, and then well, because it's like the hmm. reptile books. You can't uh, forty buy. bucks. I still can't pay forty bucks for forty four. 38. Yeah. I'm going to buy it because it is my favorite Kevin Smith movie by far. Yeah. I grew up Catholic and it makes fun of Catholic. I was going to say, Catholicism. I, when I watched it in Jesus. college, it was like, I yeah, just, I buddy laughed Christ. through the whole thing. It was great. Yep, I have a buddy Christ. <laughs> because again, I mean, George yeah. Carlin plays a cardinal. Yes. I can't rewatch really it. What? I said, I haven't seen it in so long. Now I'm kind of pissed that I oh. can't just like, rewatch it. Well, you got, yeah, Alanis Morissette is God. <clears throat> The voice of God is Alan Rickman. Yep. Love him. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck play Bartleby and Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Chris Rock is... He's the 12th disciple Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot all about that. So, yeah. God, that movie is great. Shit, I don't own that either. Yeah. Fuck. But then who the other day was telling me, oh, Lucas's brother. He's like, I think I have it in a box at home. I'm like, you bring it. <laughs> you bring I it to me and I will buy it for this yes. movie on yeah. VHS. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, we have a VC- we have a TV with built-in VCR. Yeah, I mean DVD, thirty-four bucks. So, Adeline, I'm gonna aim your question at you. What attracts you to certain types of art? For me, it's the diversity of it. I think the fact that you could put a ton of people in a room together and have them draw the same thing, and each one's gonna be different. Even if they try to do the same style, each one is going to be somebody's own. Um, and so that's kind of what I really enjoy. I, I enjoy a variety of styles. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, I would never be able to do. And I appreciate that for what it is. And um, I try to try to look at things for what they are and enjoy them that way. So I know, you know, there's a lot of pieces that aren't for everybody. Everybody's got their own thing that they're drawn to. Um, usually for me, personally, I enjoy it. A lot of animal art, as I'm sure you could expect, uh, or like horror, dark art, um, anything natural or natural history related to I'm really into. Um, I prefer pieces to be anatomically correct, even if they're stylized. If if they're not, to me, it kind of looks wrong. I think just because I'm so familiar with animals and I've worked with them for so long. But um, that's kind of like the only thing that 
I feel like I'm really particular about in that department. Um, and I know everybody in the field that they're into probably feels the same way. Like if I drew a car, I'm not, I'm not a car person. I'm sure it would look totally like super weird or, or jank to somebody that's super familiar and in that, uh, you know, in that type of living. So I think I just, I love the, the individualistic aspects of it and, uh, how unique it is to each person. I, uh, so I thought of something when you said, you know, if you put a bunch of people in a room and ask them to paint the same thing, it comes out different. And I thought about, um, I think we talked about it before, Ed and Emily at Reptile Discovery where they did the cage build off. Mm-hmm. So they had a bunch of cages and a whole room full of the same supplies. And they had yeah. like 10 different YouTubers awesome. and no one made the same thing. Mm-hmm. That was, it was really cool though. Somebody named Russian Cooch Smoocher. <gasps> <laughs> no, has uploaded the entire movie to YouTube. Oh my god! In HD, hell yeah, yeah. Now that we've said that online, it's probably going to so go away. My sister right now <laughs> is in. Actually, it's been uploaded for over a year. You can download YouTube videos. You can do it right now. You can. Oh yeah. It. My sister is in Minneapolis, and she sent me a video last night. She's like, "Look at this rep store, reptile store we went to today." Oh, she at Twin Cities. She went to Twin Cities, and I was like, "Oh, cool." I was like, "Did you know that?" That Snake Discovery store is only 15 minutes from there. And she was like, what? I had no clue that this is where they were. So she's going there. They're not open today or yesterday. So she's going there tomorrow. Cool. I think Twin Cities is the oldest <clears throat> reptile store in the country. Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> uh, but it's been at several locations. There's one, I think, in California that is the oldest in its location. I can't remember. It's one way or the other. But it's Yeah, she sent me a bunch of pictures and videos from there last night. Yeah. Um, so cool. But yeah, the, the, the winning one from that whole cage build off was Garrett Hartle, who went and built like a barn. He built wooden and with like a water feature and rope and like it was an amazing setup. But yeah, it's that whole idea of here guys build a cage and no one built it the same way. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they all started out with the same box and all the same supplies in the room. So yeah. That's, that's because your point of view is different from everyone else's point of view. Yeah. And I what, just taught this to third graders like two days ago. Well, I like <laughs> I like the so I, I don't have any bioactive stuff because I just don't I have besides having my own isopods, I just don't have bioactive enclosures. But I do find the living art aspect of when someone does a full-on bioactive enclosure impressive. What's that face for? You have one downstairs. It's not really bioactive. Did you know YouTube has a thing if you right-click? Oh, my God. It's called Stats for Nerds. <laughs> We're all over the place. <laughs> trying to figure out how to download this movie. I'm sorry. You have to go to a certain website that allows you to download YouTube videos. For, you can just Google search that. This is, for anybody out there wondering how to do this, because as a teacher... I don't always trust my internet's going to work when I need to show a video to kids. Oh, yeah. So you can find websites. It'll ask you to put the link from that page, from that YouTube page, and it'll be able to download it. I mean, it's, it's totally illegal. And, I was and this say, is all, how is this legal? This is all theoretical, like if we were going to do it, but we're not actually going to do that because it's illegal. That'd be ridiculous to rip off someone else's art. Yeah, this is, you know. But if you were going to do it, that's how you would do it. You're saying. He's not make Kevin Smith doesn't make any money off this movie anymore. Really? So, no, because um, the hard one, I think. Because Miramax owns it. Oh. So I don't mind stealing from Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> um, all right. So any, any more art related questions right now? No, go ahead. We'll come back. I'm sure. So the next question I asked was an animal. So would you rather buy an animal you want from someone with bad service or an animal you don't want as much from <laughs> someone with great service? And there are several things that have happened lately that made me think of this. Um, oh, someone that, uh, Anyways, there's someone telling us how to download stuff. But uh, so there was there was a wide variety of answers here. And so I definitely want to go through some of these answers. 
uh, and then kind of explain where I am on this. And I'll ask y'all your opinion on, on how y'all feel about this. I know, Katie, you don't buy reptiles that often, but... No, but I have lots of opinions on the subject, so let's go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I came ready this week. <laughs> so Christian Parr said, I would only buy from someone with bad service if it's my only option. Uh, the, I'm extremely picky with animals I bring into my house, so if the person isn't willing to give me the information I want, I won't buy from them no matter what. Generally, I won't buy from someone who isn't willing to talk to me on the phone or in person. Uh, <coughs> Nathan, our listener Nathan Holcomb, said neither... Uh, he says, I quit going to nearby pet stores completely because of a little lie. Just shows lack of respect for customers. On the other hand, I am not going to buy an animal I don't want or need just because somebody offers superb service. Um, da, 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 da. Ish said, I'd rather wait for the animal I'd want from someone I know or is known for good service. I want to get to Travis's in a second, but Lance said neither. Quality is number one. I've waited five years before I got my original target species. And all of those sound great in theory. But I knew where I was going with this, and I figured Travis would be the same way. He says, uh, with most of the things I'm looking for, I am more in a position where I have to take the animal because I do not know when or where the possibility might rise again. I've been lucky that uh, for the most part, the sellers were fair uh, were fair at worst, um, which is kind of where I was going with this. So there are certain animals I want that are probably going to have to be imports. And I'm not, not knocking imports. It's just... There is definitely the chance of when you get an import for certain people that it's not going to be in the best quality that you want. But I really want Calabar's burrowing pythons, and no one has really bred them on a large scale. And whenever you see babies for sale, it's just because someone got imported adults that had babies. Um, so I, that's kind of where I am with that. I also want uh, uh, Saharan sand boas, and very few people captive breed them. And so I'm probably going to have to end up getting a wild caught. Uh, import Saharan to start my own line of that. So that's another area. So I'm, I'm with Travis. I told, I think I'm at the same time, if given the option, I definitely don't go with someone with bad service. There are definitely people at shows that I will not go to yep. uh, because of the person. Um, yep. and, they, and they've definitely had animals on their table or like, Oh man, I'd risk that. Yep. If it was someone else that owned the snake for sure. Um, and so that's kind of where I sit. I, in a perfect world, yes, you would get the animal you want from the person with the best service. Uh, but that's that's not the world we live in, so it's not the best. So, uh, Adeline, what's your opinion? W- would you rather, if there's something you want, because you, you, you like monitors, and sometimes it can be hard to find certain monitors, especially captive bred, would you deal with someone who had bad service with the animal you want, or would you go with lesser animal for better service? I think it really depends on the situation. That's tricky because, I mean, I, I feel like for me personally, it would depend on the scarcity, like you said, the scarcity of that species um, and whether you're willing to roll the dice or whether I would be based on, you know, something that's difficult to get. Because I, I, most of my animals are imports as well. Yeah. Um, and so that's a tough one. I mean, I, I, there's plenty of people that have amazing service that I know that breed a lot of awesome stuff, but it's not anything that I'm looking for. So I like, I haven't purchased from them. Like they're my friends. Um, I could see myself definitely taking a risk on some animals with, you know, some folks that I'm either not super familiar with or, you know, not really knowing their background or whatnot. It, if the animal was hard enough to get, I probably would try. That's how it kind of was with my rubber boas. I, uh, one, one of my rubber boa, pair of rubber boas came from a well-known source. The other two pairs that I got in and one went to a friend, one were mine came delivered in 
They were sketchy. It was shit. sketchy. So like the Heyman Deli cups, and then inside of a, a fish filter box, like like if you had left kept the box after getting a fish filter, that was stuff with like paper towels to hold them in. Like it was, and it was it was not shipped the best. Um, but I wanted rubber boas, and they're one of those snakes that like when they're available, everyone buys them and you don't get them because mm-hmm. you always see people with rubber boa groups goes. Who has rubber boas for sale? And no one fucking has them for sale. That's the answer. No one. So, yeah, I took a chance. I was like, I need them. And they've been great. I, I, they've, they've been wonderful. The pair that my friend has are wonderful. Um, but it's just a risk. Yeah, I feel like when you when you do that, you know that you're taking that risk. And yeah. you're willing to take that risk. So, I mean, I, you know, same thing with the tree monitors. Like, I know it's an import. I know this could either go great or it could not go great. We'll see. You know, or it's, it's just time will tell and... Uh, you know, well, quarantine and keep on keep on top of them. I need to say something. John Grant, check your messages. Right, <laughs> Darren Watson said, "Would you deal with a person you know nothing about?" And we just mentioned that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've done it now. This week or this past weekend, what Travis sent me a message. Um, he was asking for me to check on someone because he was wanting to get some rubber bows that were for sale. And it was just very fishy. The the you can always tell when someone messages somebody and the grammar is just off enough to make you go. That doesn't seem right. Um, and then we started to like back search their Facebook and all this, and like these things aren't adding up. And uh, and I, I told him I was like, yeah, I, dude, I wouldn't do it. And he and he didn't. And it's funny. Later that day on the rubber boa page, or maybe the next day, uh, there was a pop up asking if anybody got screwed over by this guy. And this and this, and I was yeah. like, oh shit, someone fell for it. I feel like it's kind of easy now. Now that it's there's so many scammers and there's so much of that going on um, to be able to check up and verify somebody yes you know it, it i feel like a lot of people that are either new to the hobby or unfamiliar with it or you know like when all of this first started that seemed to happen a lot but i feel like as people are getting more and more savvy like i've had so many scammers steal my photos and try to sell them to me i had the scammer like, steal photos and try and sell racks oh yeah. that's right yep. Like, it's just, it, it's so prevalent now that I feel like it's fairly, you know, if you know, it's fairly easy to spot. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, 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 it's tricky, but I mean, like, uh, Nathaniel Holcomb says, if, if they're not captive bred in the States, then you have to take it from whoever will import them and start somewhere and says, and then you can be the good breeder with good service, which is kind of where mm-hmm. it has to be for some of these things. That's true. Um, oh, one of our listeners, I don't know who that is because that's a Facebook user. So, yeah, and I'm not on there right now. Says, how do you respond to scammers of your art? Or art thieves. Yeah. Actually, I know it's going to happen at some point. Um, it hasn't happened yet to me. But I have seen it happen to a lot of my friends, unfortunately. Um, I've actually like found the sponsored ads myself of like, that's not right. That's so-and-so's artwork. Um, and it sucks because no matter how, same thing with the scammers, no matter how much you report them, like to Facebook or Instagram, nothing ever happens. And especially with the sponsored ads, it's, it's insane how much that's happening right now. Um, so I should be better about watermarking my stuff. I recommend that everybody does watermark their stuff. Do as I say, not as I do, or however that saying goes. Hey, hey I recommend um, you watermark your stuff. Yeah, I should watermark my stuff a little bit more. For because sure. you have yeah, amazing yeah. drawings. Uh, and I'm bad about that, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and then and then now I'm like, do I have to go back and, like, archive everything and then re-upload it with a watermark to, like, clean 
and make sure everything I have out there is watermarked. Like, I'm just bad about it. But yes, everybody should be watermarking their things. One of my friends, actually two of my friends that recently had it happen to them, they had watermarks on there. And there were, it's like a low opacity watermark over the artwork. And the scammers basically spent their time going through and removing the watermark. And have, you know, are popping up with fake profiles as, you know, fake reptile artists. There's a lot of Chinese companies that are stealing um, sculptures from someone that I know. And they're, they're like selling her sculptures online for like $30 snake sculpture door handle. And it's, I've seen, I know who that is. I think I've seen that because yeah. those door handles yeah. are fucking amazing. Yeah. JL cook's work is incredible. And I feel so terrible. I've never seen the scammers. So that, yeah. That, I mean, they're, they're awful. She had to take down her website and like take down any platform. T- like she took everything down and has been trying to fight them. I don't know. I honestly don't really know all the avenues that it, that you know you need to take one that does happen because it hasn't happened yet i figured if, if it ends up happening i'll definitely have to ask for help um of like how to you know try to strike back in any way you can but it's tough especially with you know overseas scammers and social media not really taking like any any responsibility whatsoever well it's because there's it's just, there's oh, and it happens a lot on facebook art you see a pop up in reptile groups. There's there's one guy I can't remember his name who pops up in all of them. Who's an art snake drawer? He does snake drawings and is it Luca Deluca something, but he's in a bunch of them. Um, oh, Kyle Duca. Yeah, which is another one that I've seen his drawings. I think man, that's that's amazing. Um, and and I've seen people comment before, and I'm sure you've gotten this when when someone asks you for something, and then you give them a price. You probably suffer from the same thing as someone who's selling a snake, and someone gives them a price. And I have so many people tell you, "Well, that just seems like too much." I mean, do you get that often, or have you been lucky enough not to have that happen much? I will get ghosted. <laughs> Usually, Which people is are like, oh, wow, like they'll be surprised, um, and they'll say like, "Hey, that's not in my budget right now." And I'm like, "Hey, I totally understand. Like, that's fine." I. You know, there's plenty of stuff I want to get that I can't afford too. Like, no big deal. You know what's um, what's funny though is that after Conroe, I actually told four or five people, "Hey, if you haven't gone to look at her art booth, go do that now because her art is so affordable." Well, the prints, the prints are definitely affordable. S- correct, I agree with that. But I can't. That's I mean, different than a custom job. Well, absolutely. But I mean, I I can't think that because I've seen your prices on your prints and I've seen your prices on the things that you had on your table. Like I cannot fathom that that was too much for somebody that a custom job would even like it's custom. They're making this one of a kind for you. That's something that you almost can't put a price on. Well, you can't, she puts a price on it. Well, apparently (laughs) it's too high for some people, but it's hard hard to do too. It's like, it's really hard to price your own work because, um, you know, you it's, I, I guess with all creatives, it's very easy to get down on yourself and like get down on your work sometimes. And so I've had, had a lot of <laughs> pep talks of, uh, you know, pricing your stuff. It's just, it's really tough for a lot of artists. Um, so yeah, l- luckily a lot of people are like, Oh wow, that's understandable. You know, it's out of my budget. So usually yeah. most, most people are very, very kind about it. But one of my big goals when I got into this is I wanted to make art affordable because I can't count the amount of times I've gone to shows or gone to events and there'll be an artist there and I'll want to buy something from them. Cause I, I always love buying things from other artists. I love to support other artists, even if it's a little bit like, even if I can't 
do a whole lot. And sometimes I'll go to them and, you know, the cheapest thing they have is like a hundred bucks. And I'm like, well, I wasn't budgeting for that. Like I wanted to pick up something small if I could. And, um, I think everybody should be able to enjoy art in their homes, you know, no matter what your budget is. So try to have something for everyone. I could see pricing being difficult for you because, like, for Robert, pricing is easy for a rack. You know what it costs for you to make it. You know what it costs for you to pay your employee. Right. What you need to make. Yep. But for you, I mean, you're you're obviously not just charging the cost of what you drew it on and the ink you use. I mean, that that's time, and so you're having to figure out what your time's worth and then what your creative uh, thought and all is worth as well. And that's a tricky one. Um, There's a lot, a lot that goes into it that I think people tend to forget or not realize. They just see like a drawing. And they just, that's all they see. Well, like, yeah, you but, drew this. It should be cheap. You can sell it to me. You drew it. Yeah. The, you know, like you said, the, the, the paper is usually fairly expensive. For my markers, on average, each marker costs about $7. Jesus. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, those are the markers that your price. child wanted me to buy her. And I was like, baby, no. let's start small. <laughs> and if this becomes yeah, a thing. Start with pencils, like she said. Then we'll move up. Like yeah. we're not going balls to the wall, most expensive product out there to start with. Yeah, it's it definitely helps to, to test them out and on a small scale before jumping into yeah. them, um, which is what I did. I, I started with just like a very small grayscale set, and I was like, all right, I like these, and and you know, next thing I know, I'm saving up all my dollars just to be able to get some really nice, fine quality art markers. Uh, but it's the markers, the pens, the paper, and then not only the time that I'm spending planning the piece out. But the time I'm spending on the piece and then the time that I've had to basically amass in the past to be able to get to the point that I'm at now. So there's so many different factors that <laughs> go into that pricing. And I try to make things as affordable as I can. I also don't want to cheat myself of my time. Yeah. So it's really hard. It's honestly really hard to price things. Um, I have a lot of artists talk to me about it. I talk to a lot of other artists about it of like, Hey, what do you think? Does this seem right? You know, for my skill level and the amount of time I'm spending, you know, what do you think? So, I mean, it, it's definitely, it's, it's tricky for a lot of people. I don't think I've known anybody that's like, I will charge this amount of dollars. This is fair. And, you know, is is super, you know, I guess, uh, just point blank about it to the start. There's a lot of thinking and planning in it. Well, I definitely think, that if someone comes to a show and sees your table, all of your prints are 100% affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that, that should never be a thing. And then if it's custom job, like you said, Katie, it's, it's custom. At that, that point, you, you ask them to do something just for you. That, you know, that drawing you did of the Ancelars and then made prints of it is not the same as someone saying, hey, will you draw this logo for me? That's you did you did the installers and you know you're going to make money off those prints. That logo is a one time sale. That person and that other person art. and that other person is making money off of it because they're putting it on shirts and cups and whatever else they're yeah. using. So yeah, very passionate. Now and and, and and I've talked in the past about trying not to be the person who, if you know you can't afford something, asking. But at the same time, sometimes it's worth asking with a price. I, I've done it for snakes where I've been, like, hey, how mm-hmm. much is this? Um, because I, I need to know. Maybe I can't afford it. Or maybe I can't. Like I, I don't know what they're what prices they're going to put on stuff. Um, so like, yeah, I encourage I encourage people ask because you, you never know, and you know it could always be something that you save up for eventually. I know I've asked people that you know just so that way I know what to save up for in the future. Um, 
you know, I, I definitely, I welcome people asking or checking out my website actually, because I have all that info posted there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's no harm in asking uh, as long as people are polite, like I'm happy to talk to folks all day. So Stephen Poole asked, uh, what was your favorite, what is your favorite kept species and what's something you would love to keep? Personally, I'd probably go with the blue tree monitors because they are just, their personality is kind of ridiculous and fun. And the tree monitors in general, like the greens that they're so goofy. Um, I've had quite a few different species of monitors and they all have a lot of personality. It's all kind of different with each one of them. Uh, the tree monitors are kind of, they've, they attract me visually and they attract me with their, you know, personality and intelligence and all that, all that fun, goofy stuff. Um, so that'd probably be favorite cut species for species I would love to keep. There's so many. <laughs> it probably won't be for a long time. Like eventually when I have the time and the space, like I'd love to be able to get like a Bell's Phase Lace just as a pet, as like a personal pet. Um, you know, there's a lot of venomous species that I would love to have. There's a lot of just fun stuff I'd love to work with, but that's probably fairly up there when it comes to one of the species that's on the bucket list for sure. I'm assuming you saw the Bell's phase at Conroe. Um, I actually didn't get a whole lot of time to walk around. I don't know if I, I don't think I saw the one there. I think no. I missed that one. There were like one guy had, he had to miss. Yeah. There were like four or five babies. It was right next to, he was oh. attached to the VPI table. Um, but oh. it was one little setup with like four or five bells face. I should have put balloons on like the, <laughs> or something. I would have ran over there so fast. Yeah. I, lo- I love seeing them at shows. Like they're just, they're super cool. A, a crocodile monitor is also, you know, really out there. I knew, so I knew you were going to say that cause I love crocodile monitors. Cause yeah, they just have those like blocky heads. They just look it's a dinosaur. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's no other way to describe it. it I mean, look- it's just, it's like when they designed the Velociraptors for Jurassic Park. They went, hey, have you ever seen a crocodile monitor? <laughs> That's what you need to design right there. Just standing up on yeah, two legs. Cool. So while we were talking about monitors, it made me realize I do want to bring up uh, one thing. It's, uh, it's not the best news, um, but it, but it's, it's getting better. Um, anybody that's come to the Herp shows uh, has probably met Blake Wilson. He's one of our vendors at the Herp shows. He's the one that always has black dragons and uh, a lot of monitors, uh, fly river turtles, and a bunch of other uh, of other things. Um, Blake is a an amazing person. I know you've dealt with him on certain things. It's helped you out. Um, I, I love how funny he is. Oh, Blake's hilarious. I mean, he you if can you've never watched Blake's YouTube channel. He does a makeup. What? There's a YouTube video of him um, how to properly put on makeup. I didn't know this he was a like thing. A, he looks like a drag queen by the end. Of, it's fucking what? hilarious. You, you know what the Blakey two inch is, right? I've I've heard it, but I've never been told the story. He was going to be a rapper, rapper when he was yeah. in high school, and that was his rap. That name. was his rap. Name. He's got some raps on YouTube. They're pretty terrible. Okay, I'm going to have to go look for him on YouTube now, and I don't even watch YouTube. This is pretty great. So the reason I bring we bring up Blake Wilson is that um, last week he unfortunately had a accidental fire in his lizard building, and he lost everything. I mean, <clears> it was it was a lot. He had just had. Uh, some black dragons. black dragons born. He had just had some awesome Euromastics. I know. I, I don't. He had a lot, and uh, and so he lost that. And the reason I bring that up is because if anybody wants to help, uh, there is a group on Facebook called Blake Wilson Auction Group, um, and there've been a lot of great things auctioned off in there. I know both of you have put Robert and Adeline. You all have put things in the auction mm-hmm. for them. 
Um, You've got something that I'm, you're going to put I'm going to add something to it. Um, it, it just any, anything that people can help. Because Blake is a great person and a great part of the hobby. And uh, I hate when seeing something like this. Fire, for anybody that keeps reptiles, fire is our, our big... We're, we're like Frankenstein's monster. We're horrified of fire. Um, I've, got, I've driven home before and seen something on fire in the direction of my house. And my first thought was, fuck, my shit's on fire. Mm-hmm. And then I get there and luckily it's not my house. It's somewhere else. But uh, but it's definitely a fear. And then to hear that happen and to hear what he lost and knowing what he had and uh, how much he loves all his animals, it just it was huge. So anybody out there, if you if you want to go check out the Blake Wilson auction group, check out the things that are on auction. Uh, bid on some stuff. Help him out. He's a great guy. And and, and I know Blake, and w- it got set up between uh, Sean Gray kind of pushed this. Knowing that Blake would not take money from anybody. Right. And Sean Gray said, Sean Gray said fuck you, Blake. You're going to take money from everybody. He said, I'll come drop singles on your front yard if I have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Which that right there tells you the kind of person that he is. Yeah. Because he will be the first one to pull money out of his own wallet to help someone else. He, he's always buying stuff at the auctions. Yeah. Always. Well, and uh, we've talked about it before with Herps. And it, for anybody that has not been able to come to a Herps show, I hate it for you. Um, it is definitely a family feel when it comes to all the vendors. Uh, Adeline, how many is this? Was Connor your first, or you've done other herb shows prior? Was to that? no, no Connor was her first. I heard about it for years. Actually, Blake used to tell me about it when because <laughs> I'm used to the NARBC shows, so yeah. that's you know, my my home show. And so he'd be like, "Dude, you've got to go to Connor. You've got to do it." And uh, you know, I'm, I finally was able to make it, which I was super excited about. And so it's definitely a family. And when something and, like this happens to one of us, it's it's huge. Well, and the Conroe show you did was probably the most subdued Conroe show I've ever seen. Yeah, that seen. was. Without a doubt. Usually there's a line wrapped around the whole. That know, was a very calm holiday. show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like you're saying, but everybody was so welcoming and just so wonderful going to that show. Like it, I had never been to a show out that way before. Yeah. We went to dinner um, with him that night. I yeah. sat yeah, across right. from her. Gosh, guys, <laughs> come <right>. on. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> was just so nice, just chatting and, you know, meeting each other. And I'm a totally new face. And, you know, people are like, hey, you're new here. What's up? And yeah, it was really, really Once you're behind, in, you're in. Once you're behind the table, you're part of the family. <laughs> yep. It's like a really bad mafia. <laughs> I, I love it. I definitely think you should try to make it to the Slidell show. That is another one that is yes. insane. Yes, that's another one that I definitely would love to go to for sure. But yeah, you, that's, it's like I said, I, I just had to say something for Blake cause he's such a great guy. Uh, and I, and I hope that everybody can help him out. And we can definitely, um, because I know they had the, the group open, like you can, people can join yeah, the group. Join. Yeah. So we can share it, we'll on, share our it on our discussion our page. page. Um, so yeah, there was that. So I wanted to make sure I got that brought up. Uh, talking to the microphone, James, I'm talking straight into the microphone. <laughs> it didn't sound like you were. I a hundred percent am. Meh. Uh, going through our Facebook page. Oh, so last week I wanted to talk about this. Uh, Travis had posted a scientific article on UV light and snakes and certain adaptations to UV light. And, and Travis knows I'm not going to fucking read that. It's like several pages of scientific stuff. And I had to do that to graduate college. I'm not doing it now for fun. So he did find me a shortcut, a short abridged version of that. And, uh, it basically said that, uh, diurnal snakes, snakes that hunt during the day have actually evolved their eyes to be able to, like, basically like sunglasses, block out UV light uh, where nocturnal snakes don't have as much. Um, and it got me thinking that, you know, we're all on this kick. It's not really kick. It's But this idea of all, all of our reptiles need UV light. And I'm not 
we're making anywhere. I'm not saying reptiles don't need UV light, but um, there's also the camp that says snakes don't need it. They're fine. I think there is a medium, and, I, and Travis and I talked about this. Uh, I think that maybe we're doing overdoing UV light in a lot of situations, especially when it comes to snake, because anybody that has gone herping knows that snakes don't sit out in the sunlight all day long. So maybe turning your UV light on for your snake for 12 hours a day is too much. Because snakes usually come out, lay out for maybe 30 minutes to an hour in the morning, 30 minutes to an hour in the evening, and they're usually in the shade out of the way the rest of the day so they don't overheat and all that. And so it got me thinking that these the, these adaptations of dealing with UV light is because they're not supposed to take in that much UV. They have a little bit of protection on their eyes so they can see. Um, just just how do you think of that the way that we should give UV light to your snakes maybe should not be the way we we do it all the time. People that put UV lights 24 hours on their animals. So I just want to say that. I saw that uh, thing that Travis posted and he sent me the little abridged version because he knew I wasn't going to read. So they, they make these things that you can use to monitor the amount of UV light that your animals get. Yeah, yeah, it'll tell you. The Couldn't amount. you just use one of those, and then once they've hit that amount that they need for X number of time, just turn the light off. Yeah, but that's not how that works. Oh, you, that's a device you have to hold. You can measure at the moment how much is going there. Your best bet is to put your light on a timer, run it for an hour in the morning. So wait a minute. So you're telling me like if the light bulb is putting out ninety percent now, it's not putting out ninety percent an hour from now. No, it's putting out ninety percent the entire time. Or yeah. Whatever it is. But you don't want to run the UV light for 12 hours. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you know that your your snake should only get UV for three hours at whatever percentage, after it hits that mark, just turn it off. Doesn't. Are you going to sit there all day and, and measure it? You, gotta you don't have to measure the whole time. A timer. Oh, my God. That We're not understanding each other. No, I don't think you understand the process. Oh, well. A timer, though. UV light on a timer for like... Well, do all UV lights put out the same amount of UV? No. So that's what I'm saying. No, but that's that's because some UV lights just suck. Some of the commercial ones you can buy off the shelf at a pet store are fucking horrible. They don't give off UVB, which is what you need. So once you have a bulb that you know is putting out the amount you need... Such as a VivTech LED UVB bulb. I've seen tremendous changes in ours, by the way, since we've got our, our animals. Is, our bearded is love being the bearded mm-hmm. dragon. Has, she just seems to be thriving. Her colors so much better now underneath that. Much UV better light. under that UV light, which makes me feel like a horrible pet parent. But I mean, I guess a timer would work. A timer is is not that it would work. Is the way just turn it off. But you're gonna go to work. Okay, I see what you're saying. There we go. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same. Shut up! I'm gonna go back. That's why to we grading. have smart plugs? You can turn them off from your phone. Uh-huh. That's right. I'm gonna go back to grading my artwork. <laughs> your artwork? Yeah, that my students had to make a poster, create a poster for a type of community, a, sur- a suburban, an urban, or a rural community, and I have to be able to look at it and tell what it is. How many times did you mispronounce rural? I, I can say it better than some of my students. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Not surprised. Um, but. Like some of them wrote the name of their community on their poster, so they're they're losing points because they didn't follow directions. So I posted a video that I saw on Facebook on our discussion page of the emerald tree boa giving birth. Mm-hmm. That is the weirdest damn thing. Mm-hmm. The baby comes out and then starts <laughs> to perch on the mom, like immediately starts perching perfectly too. Yes, it is, it's so and the problem is it didn't come out like. It came out like tail and head with body still and, left in. And then it just like 
It's the weirdest. Very thing. awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought there was two of them at first. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> and in great boa fashion, it was very gooey. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is a they are a gooey birth all all your definitely south american boas for sure sambo is not so much but your south american boas and then uh in yazoo county mississippi there was an amazing uh, i know where that is i know where that is timber rattler found. yeah and i found out later that that rattler was um was captured and is now in captivity and it's most likely that was just fine. Albino, yeah. It's most likely a T yeah, positive. I believe so. I believe so. Travis said. Based off the picture. I tried to get him to get in the argument, but he wasn't having it. <laughs> there was probably no time for 30 people calling it Luke's system. Luke's, I love everybody. That's not, there was another something that was posted. Uh, oh, someone posted a picture of an albino cottonmouth that I commented on. But there were several in there. It's leucistic. I'm like, people don't know what that word means. Right. Okay, so I'm going to go there. I'm going to be that person because that's why you White. have me on this podcast. Why collect it? So you can breed and make more of them. Like that's really the only reason? And the chances of it having a long, full life in the wild as an albino are pretty slim. It's definitely not supposed to be out in the sunlight all the time. It's also not a full-grown adult. Yeah, it's young. It's like that uh, albino cottonmouth that got caught in our, like a mile from here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I mean, plus people want to breed them. Same reason. I mean, Adeline's all that. She likes hot venomous snakes and other people like venomous snakes. And if there's morphs. Cool. And it's a really pretty snake. That that timber. Oh, it was beautiful. Really it was pretty I'm not even a big fan of that particular type of snake, and it was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I do know that. Oh, speaking of the Blake Wilson auction, you put curious. up your new Colubrid hatchling rack, mm-hmm. which is an awesome little rack. Use little pencil tubs. Yep. Which are hard to find any racks that use little pencil tubs anymore. Um, and it's great. It's like tabletop size. It's not it a is. big, it's not a big rack. Yeah, it's little. Which would work great for three of them this weekend to the show. Oh, sweet. So if you're at the show and if the I'm damn home. tubs, I have tubs for two, um, one of which is already pre-order. So I'm actually bringing four, three of which will be for sale. But my tubs were supposed to be here yesterday and Amazon's like, oh, we lost your tubs. We'll get them to you in the next day or two. Oh my God, that makes me hurt. And it will yeah. fit a two by three by 12 inch tub and a two by six by 12 inch tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it'll be a great little like quarantine when you're bringing baby snakes home from a show. We're bringing home, like, especially uh, small colubrids, even small, small boas and stuff like that for quarantine, they'd be fine. Uh, just going through. Oh, Nathan Holcomb posted a weird shrimp. I've seen this before. It's shrimp that can, when it, mm-hmm. it can clap its claw and cause the water to reach. It says, what is it? Mantis shrimp. No, it's not a mantis shrimp, which is also a really awesome. Really? Which is also not a shrimp. That's not a shrimp or a mantis. It's yeah. it's an own class. <laughs> but uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, this we one. With the punching. I was like, that's the only thing I could think of offhand. Yeah, the mantis shrimp can punch, and if you ever see them in an aquarium, they have to put them behind bulletproof yeah. glass because they can shatter it. This one has one big claw, and when it snaps it, it can Ooh. superheat the water like eight thousand degrees. Is what it says here. That's nuts. I don't like talking about shrimp and water. Why? Because that stupid kid beat me at the science fair. <laughs> Hold grudges. Apparently, from the science fair, it was Jesus eighth Christ. grade. Eighth My grade. God. I fucking trained a tarantula to go through a maze, and then I shaved its legs to prove that they needed the hairs. And that fucking kid beat me at the science fair because he proved that shrimp jump on rough water. No fucking shit. Hey. We grew up on the coast. Hey, all this salt's not good for your blood. <laughs> <laughs> a little salty there. A little bit because he got to go to state and I did not. That mother, you know, that motherfucking kid's not a kid anymore now. So well, you can just yell at me as an adult. Mm. You can find him on Facebook, probably. I shaved a tarantula, guys. I should have gone to state. Yeah, it's a pistol <laughs> shrimp. <laughs> it's a pistol <laughs> shrimp. I've never heard of 
Oh, pistol shrimp? Yeah. It was fabulous. The lady at the pet store told me about it when she did it as a science fair project, and then I recreated said science fair project. <laughs> and then the, the, the tarantula lived a long and happy life in a fourth grade classroom as a class pet. Not mine, but a different <laughs> one. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to go back to. It was way earlier in the chat. Darren Watson said, and it was, we're talking about uh, the Herb's Reptile store and pet stores and all. He said, it's tough to support local pet stores when purchasing reptiles because the price is double that of shows and morph market. I do purchase supplies and feeders from them. Um, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. In some cases, sometimes you can find good deals on them. Uh, but, I mean, morph market doesn't have a brick and mortar that it's having to pay rent on and a, and a power bill. And, and so that's employees. a little different. Employees. Yeah. To it. Uh I guess as long as you're doing supplies and feeders, you are still supporting them. So that's good. Um, and I will tell you, I, I saw the prices on the stuff at Sean's new shop. They're totally affordable. Like it's mm-hmm. not, I've been to pet stores where they just, like they damn, that's expensive. I can't afford anything here, but, uh, super affordable there. And, and I told him, I said, you're no longer, you're not really a pet store. You're a feeder store that happens to sell pet supplies and some animals. I feel like that's a, go ahead. Oh, sorry. There's quite a few good shops out there, though, that really want to take care of their customers. Yes. I mean, I've, I've been to several, like a bunch of them um, where, I mean, not a bunch, but I've been to several stores that were really well maintained. And, um, you know, especially talking with the artwork and talking prices with them. They're like, oh, no, we want to take care of our customers. We want to be able to get them like the best deal that we can as well. So, I mean, I think it depends on where you're at location wise, but there definitely are some really good shops out there. Well, there's definitely a, a, a growth of good quality reptile stores as well because that's reptiles mm-hmm. have always been looked at as a disposable animal and some of these pet stores they're, they're shoved in a back corner and tanks that haven't been cleaned for weeks and they just look horrible yeah but we've got i mean through the show now we have uh sean's new shop in brian you have no drama llama in kerrville kerrville uh texas i don't know where it is but it's, it's kerrville near san antonio i know that that direction uh right i'm right near san antonio Austin. It's, it's no, it's no. west of San Antonio, about, no, an just kidding. about an hour west of San Antonio. And then you have the Grants up in Bumfuck, uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> and then you have I can't remember pet, where it's. I can remember where he lives. And we have lives. Wiregrass Exotics. Yeah, yeah Wiregrass you have Exotics. Pet, pet Den, Dennis and them. They've been Pet Den. That's down in Beaumont, Beaumont area, Beaumont. Um, and then you talk about the bigger ones like uh, you know Snake Discovery just opened up that amazing place. Um, Riley, if you ever listen to. Uh, carpets and coffee. He has. The, he's working at a reptile store out in California. Gecko uh, World Austin. Gecko yeah. World Austin. Birdie Open. Town. Josh and. Uh, I feel like this is a game now. Like how many pet stores remember? can we name? DFW. <laughs> I can't remember. I can see his face. Yeah, DFW. That's yeah, he wears glasses. DFW is a good one. Um, and then there's, there's the almost like there's like uh, Twin Cities, which is a big one up mm-hmm. there. Um, so it's it's awesome to see these reptile stores. And on top of that, you've got something like Morph Market. When we talked about earlier, uh, ordering snakes or animals from someone that you may not trust. The great thing about Morph Market is that it does give you kind of that extra feel of like, all right, these they're vetted a little bit, or at least you can ask somebody about somebody on Morph Market. Uh, the only problem with Morph Market, if it's something rare and it gets posted, it's probably gone in the first like 30 minutes of being posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of sucks. You got you to gotta be quick. Put, put it on your phone and check it all the time. Um, is that what you do when you send me snakes? Yes, but I don't have any money right now. So now I'm just, <laughs> what I was going to say is a lot of, I feel like a lot of reptile stores are more feeder and supply stores. That's, I mean, that's what they all are. 
That's and how you that make money. Just happen to carry reptiles. Sure, that's the money. Yeah, because a snake is a one-time purchase, but the food is a weekly or bi-weekly or bi-monthly or you know, every month purchase. Uh, Darren wants to set all the pet stores I mentioned are two <laughs> or three days away from. Sounds like Darren, you live in the wrong place. You can move to Texas like everyone else is doing, apparently. Yeah, it's yeah, hot here. Now. <laughs> Just move on down here. It's a great place. Um, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, all right. So I do want to make a, our big announcement for next month. So this is our last episode this month. I'm super excited. Are we drawing? Were we? No, no, no. They have two more days. Just kidding. Yeah, they have two more days for the drawing. So, uh, I kind of had this idea while we were at Conroe and I was able oh, to, okay. I know what it is now. What? <laughs> he was trying to remember uh, what you were talking about. Now it's your I, turn. <laughs> I, was able, I was able to put together this whole thing, uh, basically at Conroe between people there and all this. Uh, but October, we have themed out our four episodes of October and I'm super excited. October is going to be Hottoberfest. Because it's going to be four episodes, all Venomous related. I feel like this was a moment for you to use something fancy on your board, and What's, you did not. Right, don't random, be loud. Don't be loud. I randomly hit one. I don't even oh, know what the sound is. God. Oh, oh that's the intro. <laughs> okay. I didn't know what it was. You got to no. get better with this board. I know. I need these. Well, y'all yelled at me when I tried to do sound effects before. Because it was loud. Yeah, well. Uh, but Hottoberfest. So I know uh, I don't want to give out any names yet because things change, and hopefully everything will work. But we will have a uh, well-known hot vendor. Uh, or a breeder. Um, we will have a person that is in the hobby as far as like, this is kind of give it away, but apparel and also doing other things uh, <laughs> with venomous outside of that. Uh, we're also going to have a doctor who deals with snake bites. There's like two of them. You can guess one of them. It's going to be one of the two. Flip a coin. <laughs> and then, uh, and then we're going to have a, a venom lab. So it's four different. I'm, I'm super excited about that. Uh, Katie hates the name. I, I don't hate the name. I just feel like there should be a festival going on if we're going to call it yeah. a fest. I Look, feel like it should just be it should just it should just be Hottober. <laughs> if they can have Lobster Fest or whatever from Red Lobster, we can have a Hottober Fest. Uh, I got to make some sort of design or something to put it, up. You, like, it just needs to be Hottober. And like a hat and a feather coming out of the hat. Like, so when she gets really <laughs> bored later and she's like, I'm going to draw this. <laughs> <laughs> You I can gotta, get those shirts made with like little lederhosen like on it. Oh, <laughs> oh that, no! I would that, probably pay to see both if you wear that. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I guess it's better than like wearing a kilt and nothing underneath it. But uh, so yeah, <laughs> very I, I need to design a little logo for Hottoberfest. I got a couple days. I can do that. I'll figure out something. But Go I'm super for excited! It. I'm super excited. All four episodes are venomous related. So even if you're not a venomous person, I think the four people I have lined up will be very interesting. One of them, I know we will not get on to be able to shut the fuck up. So he will talk. There may, there may next week. I may be late to the party. I have open house at school, so I'm going to get here as quick as I can. Okay. But heads up. Yes. See, Darren says he needs to move there because in New Jersey, you can't have venomous. You also need to move because you're in fucking New Jersey, Darren. Jersey. Jersey. There's like, yeah, but he can go visit the quick stop. So, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I think I'll forego being able to visit the quick stop, be able to not live in New Jersey. Yeah. I'll just go visit. <laughs> Love it. Oh, I think that's all. I feel like I had more to say, and I don't know what else I had to say. Let's say we're pushing two hours, man. We are. Mm-hmm. 
I had to. I've had to pee for the last like forty five minutes. It's overrated. Ping. It's not overrated. Mm, I almost just got up and left, but you know. I'm glad you didn't almost just. You just pee away from the table. Yeah, I am. I'm the farthest from the door, and I have. I either have to go right in front of the camera, or pray really hard when I go behind the camera that I'm not going to knock everything oh, over. <laughs> I, I did have one thing. Uh, the the reptile fight club was about cycling or to not cycle your, your animals for uh, breeding or whatever. Um, and that kind of got tied into something I saw on a rubber boa page this past week. Uh, anybody that owns rubber boas uh, or knows about them knows that they come from an area where it gets very cold and they shut down for like three months out of the year, four months out of the year. And they just like literally last, if you listen to this podcast, you realize I put mine through brumation last winter and it was fucking nerve wracking watching ice it every day. I know ice grow on the outside <laughs> of the tub and these snakes are like, and the cool. podcast people only got to hear about it once a week, whereas Robert and I live that shit every day. <laughs> it was horrifying. There was ice on the outside and on the inside of the tub, and both snakes were like, no, we're good. Yeah. We'll just cruise around. It was really strange to see, though. I will say that. Like, I went into the room one time, and you could see the ice crystals and on yelling, the tub. And I'm yelling at them, you're supposed to be asleep. And they're just, and they're just cruising around the little tub like it ain't nothing. Wow. But uh, in the group, someone asked if it was necessary to brumate your rubber boas. And there were definitely some that said, uh, no, if you're not going to breed them. There's no reason to brumate them, yada, yada, yada. Don't do that. And and that's probably true. You could probably be fine doing it that way. But there's a reason that around this time every year, they naturally quit eating. They want to go through that process. And when we talked mm-hmm. to uh, Nick Mutton, he talked about them possibly being one of the longest-lived reptiles. Um, they can live for a long time. And I imagine that has to do with the fact that they don't do shit for like three or four months out of the year. They just shut right. their body down completely. It's not like corn snakes down here or rat snakes that brumate and then on a warm day come out and they're, they're well, these things will shut down and not eat for months. Um, so I think even if you're not breeding a snake like that, something that naturally goes through that kind of cycling, it's probably better for its overall health to go through that process. You know, a lot of us don't deal with that. If we deal with like, uh, tropical animals like boas and stuff that's not a big deal with us because those go, those things don't go through a true like brumation you can cycle them through food cycling and all this kind of stuff but when you have an animal that lives in a place that ice is over it probably needs to shut down especially like i said my my river boas a couple of them i've already stopped eating they they will not start eating probably again until i bring them out of brumation they're not even in brumation yet but when i bring them out in the end of february then they'll finally eat again um they they put themselves through it so that was, I saw that thing about cycling, and then I saw that question on the rubber boa thing, and I was like, I want to bring that up. I think that in some cases, just do it. Just, just I mean, for them, it's shit. It's three months. I don't have to feed snakes. I put them in a fridge. I ice them over for three months, and then I thaw them out and, at the end of February, and they start eating again. So, I know y'all are going to try and brumate your corn snakes, right? Yep. Probably all of our colubrids. Yeah, we'll have to feed colubrids for, I mean, those things shit all the time. So yep. no I won't shit. feed like some of the really, I mean, I won't feed, I won't brumate some of the really young hog nose, um, you know, that are three months old. Yeah. But pretty much everything else, yeah, we'll get brumated. Do you have anything up there that you have to go through that process? Because, I mean, most, I think mean, your monitors are going to be a tropical thing. Yeah, not really. Yeah, so you luck out. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've, seen a lot of friends go through that and it like it makes me want to panic for them yes <laughs> it just sounds so, ner- so nerve-wracking it goes against everything we're told when we're like i want to get into reptiles all right keep them warm and feed them 
All right, yeah. this is what you do with three months. You got to freeze it and not feed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you're not freezing it, but well, I am. You did, I yeah. Say he, yeah. yeah. If there's ice crystals, then I can it. Yeah, because my guys have to get down to like the mid 40s. Yeah, and and they're cool at the mid 40s. Shit, they were still like passing year rates at the mid 40s. Say they were still taking care of biological needs at that point. John Grant's gonna. John Grant's gonna cool as healers. Yeah, those guys drop down. That's right, John Grant just got a pair of Healers. Fuck you, John Grant. <clears throat> he just yes, sent me a video of him feeding him. I heard all about that, John Grant. Yeah. He probably felt like he didn't have any friends again, huh? Oh, yeah. Nah, it wasn't as bad as the Aldabras, I'll say that. Which, when, is, which when, I, I saw the Aldabras this past week. Yeah, when Sean got the Aldabras, James was like... Well, no, it wasn't just the Aldabras. And I got a Russian... Also, I got a Black Sambo. Also, y'all weekend. fucking me over and pretending like he got a Russian <laughs> Black Sambo when in reality it was mine. It was yeah. a super cool surprise, though. It was. Which is another one... Uh, he's not eating right now, and and Russian blacks, uh, black Russian sambos are another one that you need to brewmate down into like the low fifties. Oh, 40s. I didn't know he had stopped. And he, and he he may just be going to shed. Um, but when I go to breed Russians later on, I have to brewmate them the same way I do my rubbers and drop them down to what feels like an unnaturally low temperature for a snake, especially for a snake in the sambo that will come up to ninety five degrees during the summer, but will drop down into the fifties or forties in the winter. Anyways, that was me. I forgot about brumation. It's not even here yet. Soapbox. It's not soapbox. It's just my <laughs> Nine o'clock. Uh-huh. Nine o'clock somewhere. I'm, start, I'm starting to yawn. <laughs> You're uh, the only one that stays up past a normal bedtime. <laughs> so, Adeline, if people want to get a hold of you, I know you're going to be at Tinley in oh, two weeks, a week and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so stoked for it. Um, but if people want to get a hold of you uh, for any reason... Maybe I need to get podcast uh, stuff from you, which I'll do at some point. For sure. But how can they get a hold of you? So my website is at linerobinsonart.com. Uh, there's commission information. I've got like logo information on there as well. Uh, any questions at all, feel free to message me on my Facebook page or through Instagram or email, which is at linerobinsonart at gmail.com. Um, pretty much anybody that messages me on my personal Facebook, I usually ask them just to, to pop on over to the business page because it's just so much easier to organize and like star all the files and everything. But yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of me. That's what I've started doing too. When people message me on my personal, I've yeah. been asking them because it's just when I, it, between Instagram and Facebook and uh, email through the website, I get all these different avenues. And then when I'm trying to contact them to tell them it's ready or to ask them a question, I'm like, shit. How did I talk to them? And I yeah, like there's to a lot. Yeah, and some sense. people are texting me, and that makes a lot so of sense, questions. though. Hey, do you get the yeah. people that like message you at midnight and like expect an answer right then? Usually, a lot of people have been very cool about that, thankfully. And I work with quite a few folks overseas as well, so our time zone that makes sense, yeah. completely flip flopped. So yeah. thankfully, like we all know, we've got different things going on in our lives and so you know usually nobody thankfully has been in a super rush or if they're in a rush they let me know um but yeah i'll get messages at like any time yeah i've started get, it just seems like all of a sudden like midnight is the time to message me hey i bought a rack and i have a question about the humidity i'm in here working with the snakes now what up yeah I'm like, help oh. me right now yeah yeah all right robert so like you said mm. people can preferably reach out to you from one single platform and what would you like that to be uh, either my facebook page which is lone star reptile rex or through the website which we've already said before 
Yep. LS Reptile Rights. Shut up, James. Dot com. <laughs> Just trying to avoid that. All right, um, James. Oh, I'm sorry, Robert. I mean to cut you off. But yeah, that's the two best ways. Come out to Beaumont this weekend. Check out Come the Beaumont. Yeah. Check out the little tiny uh, colubrid hatching rack, which I don't think will last long. There's going to be three of them there. I'm pretty sure they will be sold by the end of Saturday. I'm pretty sure they'll be sold by mid. I was Saturday. thinking about lunch Saturday. That one, I think I'd like to sell it all by lunch Saturday. Hey, somebody come out and buy them all. Everything. There you go. Uh, all right, James, people want to get a hold of you. What can they do? Simply underscore serpents on Instagram or simply serpents on Facebook. I do want to remind everybody, we do have a Patreon. I know we don't really have anything on Patreon. We probably need to put something on there. But uh, if you could give us like five bucks a month, it would help. That goes towards, again, we're, we're going to try to do some more content, uh, some more podcasts. Uh, I, I need to get a logo for this podcast. That's not free, uh, as we discussed. So feel free to go over to our Patreon. That's the Europe Talking About Podcast uh, on Sorry, Patreon. That's very loud in my microphone. I apologize. I sniffed my nose. <sighs> you sniffed your. You sniffed your own nose. I, sniffing somebody I sniffed nose. with my nose. Shut up, James. Moving on. Or, so check out our Patreon. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, it is the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and at gmail.com. Um, again, make sure you go check out our Facebook page. So you can get into the drawing for the VivTech light bulbs. You have two days left. Yep. Hopefully, I'll have this out in time for you to hear this. If not, eh, sucks for you. But get it on there. Whatever. You know, you'll have this out probably later tonight. Probably. Uh, and then next, like I so said, next month is Hot Toberfest. Uh, we have a sponsor for that too. It's going to be. Uh, venomous related so you don't win a venomous snake but it will be venomous related you do it's very cool again i'm sad i can't win <laughs> so uh thanks everybody listening adeline thank you for coming on it's been awesome uh thank you, thank you. we look forward to seeing you back down here at a herp show it's absolutely fun. yeah it'll be fun i'm super super excited that's great uh, don't go anywhere just yet hang out until we end the broadcast uh, but everybody else thanks for listening see ya bye